Hi, welcome to the first episode of Sweetman Podcast. I'm Simon Sweetman. I'm a freelance music writer and uh, I've got a website that you've probably arrived at this podcast via. It's www.offthetracks.co.nz. This is a new venture for me and I'm going to every couple of weeks talk to uh, a musician, a writer, hopefully some filmmakers, some authors, journalists, uh, people behind the scenes that run clubs, that book acts. Uh, I'm interested in talking to arts people basically about what they do and putting their stories across. So for this first episode it's me in conversation with Wellington's local blues legend Darren Watson. Uh, he was uh, cut his teeth playing with Chicago Smoke Shop back in the 80s. They changed their name to Smoke Shop and then Darren has carved out a solo career ever since. Um, we talked about his his solo tour that he's got uh, coming up with Matt Langley. They're going around the country and we talked about a bunch of stuff really. His his life, uh, his influences, what drives him. It's a, it's a long chat. We decided to run the whole thing for the first episode unedited. You'll hear me saying yep 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 a lot because it's my first time uh, recognizing that my interview that I'm doing is being recorded I usually do these things and then go away and write them up rather than uh, present my voice so uh, bear with that I reckon I'm going to get better at it but it was a good conversation Darren's um, Darren's a lovely guy and I've known him for a a long time actually he's um, I guess I got to know him the way that I, I meet a lot of musicians. I wrote something pretty shitty about some friends of his and uh, and he kind of challenged me on it a little bit. I, I already knew his music and liked his music and I don't really know how we kind of got to know each other beyond that in, in any sense where we would get chatting about things but even though I have reviewed Darren and, and, and interviewed him, I consider him a good friend, someone I talk to a lot and I admire his, his musical taste, his musical knowledge and hopefully you'll get to hear a lot of that in this conversation. He, uh, the, the episode ends with Darren playing us out with a piece of music uh, called Got No Soul, a uh, lovely bit of slide guitar and we recorded this episode at Darren's house in his home studio and you'll, you'll hear that in the interview but uh, you know he, he's got a great facility there and that's where he's basically making records these days so uh, i hope you enjoy it this is the first episode of sweetman podcast uh let's go now to my chat with darren watson the last time i kind of formally interviewed you was five years ago really. Shit, was it that long yeah, ago yeah well it was st hilda so oh man yeah it was, it was I just guess. before the st hilda record far out man so we sat and had a bit <laughs> of a chat yeah well i when it, when when you said uh, introducing was coming out i was kind of oh yeah that's yeah. a couple of years since the last record no it's and, typical watson length bro <laughs> it takes well, me. yeah well it's um it was sort of five years yeah between the two you know leading up to st and hilda, that's wasn't why it? i'm i'm, I'm you know, this idea of singles that you can just knock them out as you go is way more appealing to me mm-hmm. now, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So hey. what do you... Well, let, well, let's start there then. I was going to say, what? Um, how was the... Ex- you don't have to necessarily get into this as a political question, but yeah. how was the experience of the Planet Key as a, a single? What do you think that did to the album and to, and to your fan base? I don't think it did a thing. Yeah. I honestly don't. I, don't you, th- fan, I feel like fans, everything is exactly the same as yeah, it was. Yeah. Your fans were still, yeah, were still I think, there. I think some people who are politically aware are slightly more aware of me. Yeah, yeah, they know, and they that, know where um, you And stand. that I'm not just some guy who sings Woke Up This Morning. Yeah. But I never have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. it's like, for me, it's business as usual. I, I, like, I think I've told you, we lost a couple of... Um, I had people send records back and say they didn't want to... You know, people who pledged on yeah, them didn't want right, their copy they didn't and want blah, to be blah, blah. But most people, yeah. you know, were like, fine, man. It was like... I, think, I disagree with you. I like John Key, but yeah. I still like your music. So, yeah, I was going to say, I you think... Know, you're an idiot. 
for liking John Key, but good on you for liking yeah, my music. And I think, Whatever. You I know? think there were some people that um, even, and, and John Key might have even been one of them, yeah. that kind of liked the song, you know, yeah, yeah. but well, didn't his, like the message. It's almost know? got his name in it, so he probably yeah. thought it was quite good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then there's been another single since the record, yeah. which is on a, a, a similar yeah, it's theme. On a similar it's bent. on a similar But I've always kind of always wanted to do that because I've always, yeah. I was talking to Eva um, at Radio New Zealand yeah. about this today and it made me realise where it comes from is, is my first kind of New Zealand blues artist that I was really into or bluesy R&B artist was Bill Lake. Right. And if you check out all his stuff is quite politically informed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, but are... it's really wry and satirical and yeah. clever. It's like kind of, Roy Cooter playing guitar and David Byrne singing and Randy Newman writing the songs. You yeah, know? yeah, and yeah. that's kind of I didn't know that that was influencing, but it obviously did. And I think like uh, you know one of your songwriting heroes is Elvis Costello, obviously, oh, and and uh, you know it was pretty pretty easy to see if if not know where he was leaning. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was shouting at people through his yeah. records for the and, longest time. And you know time. I grew yeah. up in the I grew up my teen years were the early 80s and it was like, you know, Billy Bragg, yeah. it was very yeah. left-wing yeah. anti-Thatcher kind of yeah. kind of thing. and you know the the kind of whole reaction to the the kind of neoliberal experiment we were about to crash into, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Um and and unfortunately I think a lot of people now think it's um, without getting too political, but I can't help it. Everything, everything's <laughs> politics. Yeah, you know? yeah, of course it is. It's it's like, um, yeah, I, I I think now this idea that left and right are, are meaningless is just a really nice way for the for the right to kind of kind yeah. of bury it, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to break it down, man, left is caring about people first, and right is caring about money first. About profit, yeah, yeah. About, so, yeah. you know, and I think in a sane society, you care about people first and profit second, that's all. And that's, and that's all the song's about. Actually, yeah. I don't name John Key in the song, it's yeah, called yeah, Planet yeah. Key. Yeah. It yeah. could be a key kingdom where yeah, they have yeah. different sized keys, of course, for God's sake. Of course. Whatever. Um, and so how was the, separate from those um, bookending kind of singles then, how, yeah. how was the experience of the new album for you? How do you think like, uh, the shows went, the, oh, the response? Shows, the shows were good. I mean, Wellington was great. Yeah. Auckland, unfortunately, we had a really poor turnout. Yeah. I mean, I was embarrassed for Auckland, right, to yeah. be honest. We, I lost thousands of dollars on that. Yeah. And, and I kind of, and it's kind of led to the point where now I can't really afford to take a band away to a gig like that because yeah. I have to pay my musicians, you know. Yeah, yeah, they don't do it for nothing. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to pay for airfares or, or drive them there yeah. and put them up in hotels. And it's like, you know, these are older cats. They're not going to be 18 to a room um, at a backpacker's either. That's, so, so yeah. yeah, so the experience for me was really happy with the record. I think it's an interesting step for me. It's kind of, I'm seeing it now as a kind of a halfway house between making a record mm. in a studio, which is what um, St. Hilda's was. Yeah. And then this one was kind of more in a studio and at home. Yeah. And I think I'm moving towards just working at home. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that I could and, do that. And and stepping away from even having other engineers involved and, and even mixing, like yeah. a single, I mix myself. And yeah. I'm pretty happy with it. I think yeah, it sounds yeah. exactly represents me quite well. Yeah. And what yeah. about um that's that's almost uh was never my plan, but that's almost a segue to to plug what you're doing now when you're talking mm. about it being hard to take a band on the road to yeah. justify it. Yeah, true. So, you know, one of the reasons yeah. I'm talking to you is we're we're gonna do the advert for your um for your tour. Yeah. Um, which around the time people hear this will have probably just kicked off. Sure. Um I uh, realistically. Well, but yeah. you you're doing a lot of dates. Yeah, so, it's, it's been fun booking it. I would yeah. love to say it's been fun, but I hate that <laughs> shit, man. Well tell me how it came about, the idea to to go, I mean, you, you've been doing some solo shows, yeah. and yeah. I guess you've done them yeah. on and off all the time. Yeah. You know, there's 
period where you're more associated with band work, but yeah. you wouldn't turn down a gig kind of thing. No. So, but tell me about the the big widescreen New Zealand tour <laughs> and and the hookup with Matt Langley, which I know you you know you guys. Yeah, have I love before, Matt, man. He's just such a lovely dude and so talented and and just so great to be on the road with. There's yeah. no bullshit with Matt at all. He's a lovely, yeah. lovely man. Um, I guess you guys aren't competing either. Like, well, no, we kind not of, that that, we're know, complimentary. Like, that's it. That's, yeah, we, yeah, kind yeah. Of, we have a lot of overlap, actually. Yeah, yeah, People yeah, would, I wouldn't recognise that because, I mean, as much as I'm a blues guy, I'm also big, uh, probably an earlier generation of alternative country artists like um, Dwight Yoakam and Lyle yeah. Lovett and people like yeah, that. Yeah. But I love that shit, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, we have a lot in common. And, of course, he's a rock boy as well. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, he's a, he's a good old bogan from his background. Yeah, yeah. And so am I in so many ways. So, yeah. Yeah, we have plenty in common. And... um. So yeah, the the idea was we've, I've toured once with Matt before, and just down south called South mm. for the winter in two thousand eleven, and um, and I just wanted to do it again, and I thought why why just do the south? In fact, the south is pretty difficult to book right yeah. now. Frankly, we managed to get kind of three or four gigs sorted, but the the couple of main well the three arguably main centres look after themselves. Yeah, and it's a shame because there used to be a lot more going on, and I think it's um I'd love to do some more on the west coast, and and as a solo, I will. Yeah, I'll be able to get around more, and we've just bought a new uh, van. I've got a reasonable PA. And it's, it's that thing of once you've been there, yeah. Even if you play to yeah. a dozen people in a small venue and they yeah. love it, the well, the, you can kind of afford to do that when you're on exactly. your own. Exactly, and you know? then the people that run the place are going to be like, "Hey, great, come back." Exactly, and you have a nice time. So you're exactly, gonna, you're it's funny. It. It's all, yeah. it's weird in New Zealand. You can, if you don't reach a certain level of that kind of midgeness, as I call it, where yeah. you where you've got this ubiquitous name and people yeah. who haven't even heard you know know your yeah. name. Um, I feel like even after thirty odd years, I'm still pushing. Oh, I have to explain kind of what I do. Well, the introducing which is the introducing Darren yeah. Watson record was was funny because um, much as it was a, a joke, a, yes. a, 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 a sort of smart ass little um, retort. Yes, um, it, it, <laughs> that's it, not my style at all. It, no, 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 exactly. Um, it it, it preempted mm. in a way too because like even you know we both shared on Facebook talking about. Um, you know, having this chat and yeah. starting off this podcast for me, and when I did it on my page, someone someone said, "Where's the effect of? Oh, what's it, what's he doing now?" Like I remember Smoke Shop. Wow. And so there was. See, still, I think there are a lot of people out there. Out. Yeah, I think yeah. there are a lot of people out there who do, but it's like I don't know how to get through that. Um, I think if I had fifty thousand dollars, I could probably PR my way into the. Yeah. You know, but it, you just got to get out there and play. You know. Yeah. And. That's what we're going to do. I mean, I, I don't do anything else, you know. Yeah. The biggest thing for me at the moment, though, man, is my lessons. I'm teaching more and more, like in real when life. When did you start teaching? About 2008. Yeah. When when Mojo Sound fell over. Yeah. And yeah. I had no other income. Yeah. So I was like, well, I better do something. And yeah. I thought I'll teach. And I didn't realize I'd be so good at it. But, yeah. man, I'm getting, like, emails from people in Europe. I'm doing Skype lessons with people all over the world. It's and crazy. You've said this to me before, and it, and it, and it is a cliche, and it's one of those... You know, it's a cliche for a reason, but um, you must get a lot. You must learn a lot yourself. From oh, teaching. hell yeah. You, yeah, yeah. mostly I learn I need to be more patient. <laughs> I've kind of, like, you have good days and bad. It's like the same with everything else. Some days it's so bloody rewarding and some days you wonder why you're doing it. Yeah. And it's the yeah. same with any gig. Yeah. And, and like, or but any... most of the time, yeah, it actually forces me to think about what I'm doing and I have to explain it over and over again and it's like wow I'm doing this yep. there's stuff even you know every day I find something I didn't know I was doing 
that is remar- that yeah. is remarkable to other people. That to me is just like, oh, that's just that's part lame. of the toolkit. It's part yeah. of what you've always done. Exactly. Or what about um, you? You'd obviously be turning a lot of people on to players, uh, songs, oh, albums, yeah, yeah, performances. Yeah. Uh, are you getting a bit of that back from people? What other people bring yeah, me stuff? Not bring- so much, man. Because it's really interesting that I've had a couple of older students that do bring me things, mm. um, but it tends to be stuff that's very much in the mainstream that I've heard anyway. Yeah, I was going to say if it's in that, idea, yeah. you're, you're at least aware yeah, of it. Yeah, but-, but but mostly I'm kind of trying to steer people away from Gary Clark, as talented as he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and towards the it's older sort of stuff, new, just to learn that first. You know, it's sort of a new ideal. Yeah. for blues, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's like the Robert yeah. Cray of the new millennium. Um, the new millennium. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's it's. And I'm sure he's going to do great things. I actually, I actually think he will if he kind of doesn't get too much smoke blown up. So yeah, I think it might be. But that happened to Robert. <laughs> that, might be that happened to Robert Cray when we met Robert Cray. He was having smoke majorly yeah, blown up his yeah. ass, and he was turning into a bit of a dick yeah. and making horrible pop records. Mm, mm. But you know, recently, I was going to say the, the the Robert Cray stuff of of now. Yeah, of the it, last probably it, eight to ten years is actually pretty it, damn good. It's some of the best Robert Cray stuff and some Absolutely. of the best kind of modern. Blues it's like he had this within first, the mainstream yeah, that you could hear a great yeah. couple of first records, and then the pop yep. machine started getting a hold. And of course, who wouldn't be seduced by that man? Yeah, especially then. You know, like yeah, exactly. Well, it's the eighties. You know. Yeah, yeah. They come to New Zealand. They can't get any coke, and they're all freaking out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of party that it was for them. You know. Um. Well, let's let's go back to those days then, since you've brought that up, and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll come back to talk about the solo no, stuff. No grubby the, smoke shop stories, and, though, bro. I'm not no, allowed to. No, well, let's let's talk because um, you were born in Wanganui mm-hmm. and managed to survive that. <laughs> and, well, I was only born there. I was there. Right, I was going to say you were you were schooled. Yeah. You're a Wellington. Yeah. You're a hut. No, boy. no, we were actually. I was. Uh, this is the weird thing about my childhood is there's a whole lot about I don't know. Uh, my surname isn't Watson, wasn't originally Watson. It was changed by Deadpool when I was wow. about five or six, and I don't know why. Okay. Um, so who knows, man? There's a, it's a bit of a murky one. Are you looking into that still? Nah, or have you given I've up? Have you gone, I know, it, I know enough. I know what my surname was and, <laughs> right. and, and some of my other rallies. In fact, I'll be meeting some of them down south. A lot of my family's from Dunedin, yeah. so the Dobies. Yeah, so wow. it would have been. Yeah, so I got teased at school. I remember being teased for my name at school. Wow. I remember that, but I don't okay. know. I can't remember when it changed or why it was changed. So there was a bit of moving around in the oh, early yeah, yeah. days. I went to heaps of different primary schools. Yeah, and, but you, you know, settled in Wellington and the hut. Eventually, for yeah, school, for high school, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. And uh, we we actually moved back to Wellington. My parents split up once, and then they split up again later. But they split up when we were, when I was about five. Yeah, they got back together when I was about seven or eight, and went. We lived in Strathmore. Went to Strathmore School, great yeah. school. Yeah. And uh, Evans Bay Intermediate. But there, yeah, then we moved to the hut. And then my parents split up again. And that's that's when it, the kind of. Yeah, it's a really interesting. Wow. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's not that uncommon no. for people to get, be from broken homes these days, you know? Sure. But in those days, of course, there was no kind of thought given to any kind of counselling for the kids yeah, or, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, just, um, yeah, they just turn into kind of bogans, go to jail, or they end up being blues musicians, they, you know. <laughs> <laughs> different, different, different kind of jail. Yeah, um, that's right. So tell me, you, you're a Wellington person, though, a hut person. Do you identify? Yeah, I've you always, can't, You're never going to get the hut out. I love this town, man. Yeah, I've yeah, been, you're Wellington. Yeah, yeah. Never, no, you can't get the hut out. Every now and again <laughs> I say something and I think, oh, God, that's so hot. But I'm, but I'm like, yeah, man, I love this place. It's... I've been to a lot of cities in the world, and I have to say, it's it's a little village city. Mm. It's a boutique city, if you want to call yeah. it that. But man, it's great. There's some great musicians here. Yeah, and just a a really good vibe. You know, like the only other place I'd live in New Zealand is Dunedin. 
funnily yeah. enough. Right. And it's like a miniature Wellington, really, yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways. So kind of a kind of a less fashionable, kind of more of a jumper city, you know. And always that it's changed, obviously, but yeah. always that idea of a music yeah. community. And not just an music. artistic community it's being, the whole art being part of the hub. It's, yeah. that's a, and, and hopefully some people with a, that are kind of like able to get out from behind their genre or whatever they do and, yeah. and mingle with other people. You know, that's yeah. what I like about Dunedin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd hate to think that that changed about here too. But Okay, so Strathmore in the hut and uh, escaping Whanganui. And, escaping and, and, Whanganui. And, and on the run. I must have <laughs> sensed that Michael Laws was going to be there at yeah. some I, 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 There's a tiny bit of Whanganui in my past too. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't born there, but um, when I was a toddler, we lived there for a couple of years. So oh. I, I actually have very faint memories. I've got a few. Place. I mean, one of my aunts... I'm quite like visiting there. it there now. Actually, it's quite a neat. It's a little... pretty city, yeah. but I'm but I'm not convinced there's not a fair amount of, yeah. kind of racism and, <laughs> yeah. and so forth there. So. Oh, it's great for a day trip. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you find yourself staying overnight, it's yeah, might be because you've had car troubles or something. Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of really good gigs there too. The yeah. Wanganui Club. I was going to say Club. it's still quite an arty, the little, Savage Hall. Yeah, man, this arty a, little community. Absolutely, it's just that the politicians give it a bad name as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I love Wanganui. So yeah, okay. Um, so and what what I what I want to get to here is is. Where does the young Darren Watson or yeah. Darren yes. um, find find music in all of this? When does that happen? Oh man, early as hell. Because mm. my because I think I wasn't dealing with it. I was probably the only kid. We had I had two younger sisters yep. who knew kind of what was going on when my parents were, and it wasn't particularly pleasant. Yeah. Um, so I oh, see so you're hiding out with music. That's yeah. Your... She, I, I mean, my mother basically gave me her flip top record player and yeah. a bunch of old singles that she had Beatles and I can't go in there and listen to that. And that's what I did. I just hold up and I started making up my own words straight yeah. away. Yeah, you know, that's that's how I thought about songwriting. And I knew it could do it because one of my relatives was in a band called the Librettos in the 60s. Mm. And so I was like, oh, so he's related to me, he can do it. Yeah, yeah. So I immediately, it's in there somewhere. I immediately I can, yeah. knew I could do it. Yeah, it's weird, eh? And I always, I could always sing. Yeah. So, and a little bit later on, instru- wanting to play an instrument came along. And were you into singing, like at school? Oh and shit, stuff? yeah, I was. was a, it, you're right. Apparently, into it. I used to just in my pram used to just scream the first two words of Jesus Christ Superstar over and over again <laughs> to my mother's shame, <laughs> and she pushed me down the street. She couldn't shut me up. So yeah, I loved. I'd hear a tune and I'd just want to sing it. And where so. does the guitar come in? That's not the first instrument. Shit, no, that's not until much later. Yeah. Um, first thing I did was. Um, Got given one of those toy drum kits because I kept blowing up. Remember those blow up, the seventies yeah. blow up kind yep. of things you put your feet on. I used to smash into those yeah. and blew up a couple of those. So I bought me a little drum kit and I f- bashed away on that for a while. Um, and 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 even then I kind of knew I had time. That's something you kind of yep. know. And but then I think because um, my grandfather played trombone and so I was given a trumpet, yep. a cornet to start with actually, and learned to read music and. And that, and I, but I sucked at it, and I really hated the fact that I couldn't sing and play at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Did so, you keep up with the reading from that point on, though? Was that a, kind of because I, I had to do it through high yeah, school yeah. for music in high school. So, so, it's so formal, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's and that's you know, I, I kind of it was it was it was an interesting experience, but you know, I spent more time mucking around on this old kind of electronic. It was one of those electronic organs that blows wind through reeds, yeah, you know, yeah. and just learning how to play chords and stuff. So yeah. I started writing songs, I guess about ten or eleven. Yeah. With my own chords and stuff, totally um, derivative songs based on things you no, just, heard, or you actually no, think not you're really, because I wasn't, I didn't have enough facility right. to be able to copy. Yeah, what yeah, I, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I was just kind of making stuff up that kind of sounded good. Yeah, yeah. 
I'd hate to think what it sounded like. It's, <laughs> it's just as well in the home studios right. then. <laughs> yeah, well, that, isn't, that a, isn't that a worry? The amount of kind of stuff that's going to be out gonna in the happen. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I got um, really, really excited about bass and actually kind of pestered my mother until oh, she let me sell my slot car set, which I'd pestered for years to get, you know, <laughs> the AFX slot car set. And, and I sold that and bought a bass. And within a couple of months, I was in a band. Wow. With a bunch of old, what could, I thought were older guys, they were like you nineteen, could, you know. You couldn't really sell a slot car set now for a bass, could you? Ah, uh, no, no, no. But th- <laughs> everything was expensive then, but it was all yeah, kind of yeah. relatively the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was a pretty flash. Sort of thinking, slot car I can set. remember slot cars were a yeah a big big deal. How yeah. combined Christmas presents? Yeah, no video games, man. No. And you, you know, next Christmas you might get another bit of track. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or the, the car, you had to exactly. wait for a year, and then you got a car. Exactly. Um, so, so that was cool, and yeah. and, I, and I was playing in a band, and next thing you know, we're gigging, and I'm like 14, and. I couldn't believe it when we got paid. You know, we got a yeah. hundred and something bucks each. I get paid for too. a gig. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. this is about the same as what people get paid now. Yeah, except yeah, then yeah. It, it was like I was 14, 15 years old and I had all this money. You can afford a few more slot car sets now, yeah. but that's about it. So I didn't spend it on slot car <laughs> yeah, sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, that was a really good way to learn about how to kind of play for a crowd because I was the guy put up front as a singer as well. Yeah. Because um, even though I was so young and I obviously had an undeveloped voice, it was still but yeah, this pitch was good. And exactly, and you, you could do it. Yeah, That's yeah, it, man. Yeah. So not many people want to do that, you know. And um, I guess like it's a pretty uh, a great thing to be thrust into that that role that young, where you don't you're not second guessing yeah. it, you know. Because a lot of other people, uh, you know, you, you hear stories, you even see people, you can tell they've kind of been forced into that role, yeah, and they're not right. ready for it, no matter how yeah. old they are. I think I've always wanted to be the front guy. Yeah. In fact, you know, I think, I think even Chuck when, Berry even when you were a drummer, yeah, <laughs> even when I was a kid, I think like Chuck Berry talked about this. Yeah. So he was always being pushed out to do his little number in front of the family, yeah, and yeah, that was yeah, kind yeah. of my experience yeah. too. Yeah, you know, things would be going to shit, and they'd get Darren to do a joke or um, voice imitations. You know, yeah, yeah, scratch yeah. a musician, and you'll find a person who can imitate voices, yeah, man, yeah, because yeah. it's the same kind of thinking. Yeah, that's right, and it's, yeah, the, the same the, exactly, way of listening exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so for me, it was perfectly natural, and it was just what I do. So I never had to fight that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it wasn't until later on that I got fucked up. I started to think, oh, should I really be yeah, doing yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Okay. So when does, um, at this point, you're what, imitating stuff, still in a sense, the bands you're in are covers, imitating yeah, yeah. stuff. And I wanted you, to imitating be. Imitating stuff you yeah, know. I wanted to be Paul McCartney based. still. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then I then well, I Someone heard, should do it now instead of him. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, almost anyone in his band, his band yeah. is amazing, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the same with Brian Wilson, man. That's like, well, you know, you the know, the thing they've got going for them is the set list, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> you know, outside of the yeah. the pers- you know, the well, it was the same when we when I opened for Joe Cocker. It was yeah. like I looked at the set list and I was like, oh my god, even if he yeah. sings like a fucking turkey, yeah, there's gonna be something. Just, there's gonna be something. Come good on, look at tonight. this list of hits, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So of course they got yeah. that going for them. You know, it's yeah. like. So like I feel that same kind of intimidation if I if I'm near a, like a Don McGlashan or a Dave Dobbin, yeah. same kind of thing, you know. Yeah. It's that back power of that back catalogue, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I I kind of see that's the interesting thing, and this is one thing I'd like to talk about is the is that that generation of New Zealand singer songwriters mm. is kind of like yeah, and then there's this massive hole yeah from about that bypassing me and a couple of right yeah. up to the kind of more. Your early two thousands, your yeah, late nineties, yeah. your kind of back wrongers, your yeah. Anika and Moores, on, on into the Phoenix but, Foundation, but that and big gap in the middle, man. Yeah, it's interesting, eh? Right before New Zealand on air got involved and started pushing things along again, 
I'm not sure why. But also, uh, just thinking about it now, to, well, in my listening, the the uh, 80s and early 90s was very much about the the band sort of focus. Yeah, that's I think, true. You know, and so even though obviously these bands had great songwriters in them, yeah, you yeah. know, and we all look back now at the the best that Flying Nun and related yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. And, and we. You know, or even like Bill Lake. You know, the, you but know, even the, then, the same, that's band. the same generation as Dave Dobbin and Don McGlashan. Yeah, that's man. true. A lot of them are. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a generation, my generation, in between. Yeah, that's where it starts. To, you may maybe Shane Carter. I'd yeah. say that's probably. But I was going to say, even at the time, someone like him, um, he sort of there's that reverence now around him as a songwriter. It kind yeah, of yeah. almost took that he had to do another project. <laughs> that's right. You know, if it, if it was just and he'd already done, you know, a couple of been yeah, in a couple yeah. of good bands, yeah, but yeah. if it, if if uh, if he'd sort of not done Dimmer, uh, um, maybe, you know, maybe a bit, a bit different because because true. he'd be revered as a musician or whatever, but I think it was around that idea that those bands, it was their Lennon McCartney thing. Like yeah, there was yeah, often yeah, yeah. two songwriters, yeah. they were kind of compete, competing, <clears throat> ch- um, challenging each other, yeah. you know, pushing each other to go on. And It's I, just interesting that, that that generation has had such a long life and still yeah. continues to, Yeah, and yet there's a whole kind of, I, I feel there's a hole in the middle there. Yeah. There were... And I don't know what happened, man. It's really interesting. And of course, my band, you know, Smoke Shop, was like, mm. we were pariahs because we were essentially a blues band, rhythm and blues. I, yeah, I think yeah, we were yeah. a rhythm and blues band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who succeeded in the era of. But you had a horn section. Yeah, and we succeeded in the era of Flying Nun. And, yeah. and we were kind of like, what the hell is this? And so we, we don't get written about, and we won't. No. You know? We're very much, a, very much a working class band, if you know what I mean. Our following was pretty much DB drinking, lion drinking kind of. You know, but that but doesn't mean the music wasn't smart. No. I, I still maintain that some of the music was really good. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some and of I, it, I admit, was awful covers. I I listened to some of our covers, man, and I'm like, oh god. Because was know? it primarily a covers band? It was to start when it with. started. Yeah, yeah. The, like a lot of bands. Yeah, not so much now, but even even oh. up until recent times, a lot of bands. Dude, still I'll are. Be, Frank, yeah. all I wanted to do was play in a blues band. That's yeah, why, yeah. That's why we put it together. Yeah. Um, but as it grew, I started to think, oh, I could actually do some original, you know, and that's where the tension which broke up the band yeah, actually yeah. started because I wanted to do more and more of that. And for me, on record, that's the stuff that's interesting, not the, yeah. not our covers. Yeah, because What's in a point? sense, anyone can do that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, of course like, they can, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and probably better. The originals are better anyway, yeah, so, yeah, you yeah. know. I, it was great oh, to I, play You know, live. I still reckon a, well, a well-timed, a well-placed cover... Can light Brilliant. up a light yep. up a show, totally. But on record, it has to be it has to be pretty fucking good. Absolutely. It has to be kind of doing something different. It has to be you know? different, and I think yeah. it, in some ways it has to be better than the original to even be considered. You know, mm-hmm. so I kind of that's anyway between me and a couple of other guys in the band, they wanted to carry on doing the kind of review show band thing, right. and I just grew out of it, you know. And consequently, I spent a couple of years probably doing way less than I should have playing yeah. wise, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that cost me big time. Um. Like you say about people saying, what's he yeah, doing? I had yeah. that big gap. Yeah. I didn't release a record till 1998. And yeah. when I did, it was this weird-ass freaking pop record. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So well, I was going to say, when you were talking about not Smoke Shop not so much being written about and, yeah. and, and you know, the kind of audience and stuff, I, I sort of feel like from... Um, I left the audience. <laughs> well, I was going to say, though, the, the, the audience that went to those shows enjoyed, you know... Yeah. They sort of, and it, and it pops up from, I mean, you you would know this better than anyone, yeah. but uh, uh, apart from maybe some of the other members of the band, but, yeah. but you know, you're out there playing, so you would know this, but um, those people kind of hold on to those stories. They come yeah. out every now and then and I they know. talk about this show that was 30 years ago, I know. that it was amazing. It's freaky. I still get people coming up saying, oh man, you guys were much better than Robert Cray when you opened for yeah. him. And I knew he weren't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in my heart, I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm witnessing a 
yeah. god of this music. Yeah, yeah. I knew it, but other people, were, as far as they were concerned, it just wasn't exciting enough, you know. Um, so, so yeah, you're right, and yeah. I, I, it's um, it's an interesting one. I, I kind of, I'm really proud of what we achieved because we were just kids, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, and and we were good enough to kind of have, to handle it in that kind of company. Yeah. But we weren't, man. We weren't like. Robert Cray was pretty special, you know. Well, there were some pretty funny things happening around that time, though. Like, mm. you are um, playing on some, you know, like, there's the things like the telethon, and there's still some clips yeah, of it, like yeah, the yeah. telethon and yeah. the music awards, yeah, the, yeah. The, the version of the music awards that was sort of creeping into place then that was well, we, we actually so got, much more about the music. Than we Yeah, well, we got nominated. The after the first record, we got nominated for Most Promising New Band, yeah. I think, and... And I got nominated for most promising male vocalist. Yeah, um, which I lost to Paula Barnett Jones. Nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. And then the next year we got nominated for best band, and I got nominated for best male vocalist, and I lost that to Barry Saunders. So right. So, wow. but we never went to the shows. We just weren't interested in that. Yeah. kind of side of it, really. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was yeah. kind of looked at. It, I was like, what are our chances anyway, man? Yeah. These guys are legends, you know. Yeah. So, was, and that's the, very much that kind of the underdog Hut Valley band kind of not really part of the industry. Yeah. And we weren't. We just carved our own thing, you know. So how did um, this band actually come about? How did oh, it was very much sort of very much. I wanted to play a blues in a blues band. Yeah. I was I recently like from about eighty two, eighty three. I'd like oh man, I started listening to Muddy Waters, and I yeah. just wanted to play really initially kind of Little Walter kind of Chicago blues. So I met Terry Casey. Well, hang on, let's actually, I'm going to cut you off and let's go back to how you get into blues because yeah. the last time I talked to you, you told me that one of the triggers was the last waltz. Oh, yeah, seeing, because seeing that's, Muddy on that, that's basically. where I first saw Muddy it, Waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, for me, he was one of the best things on that damn yeah. thing, you know. Have you, um, do you still feel that way or do you have you gone back with time no, and gone actually? No, I look actually, at it now and I think actually probably. Minus the jumpsuit, Van Morrison's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I think and, Van is very yeah. cool. Um, and, he looks and, atrocious. And, like and, and I've and I'm I'm grown up now enough to know that like Richard Manuel's got a voice from God, mm, mm. you know, and Rick Danko's incredible, and they're all amazing in their and, own way. Um, Robbie's kind of a hot mess on that. Robbie's but in kind a fantastic of a, yeah, way. he is, but yeah. he's, he's in a. I would yeah. I know I'd want to hit him if I spent more than ten minutes with him. Eh? Well, you can tell he's pretty <laughs> pretty pleased with him, like at the epitome of being pretty pleased. And with he's an incredible and, talent as well. Yeah. But, but yeah, man, what a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, um, and he, that movie is like really shows it. Yeah, totally. You know, he won't let. He's like he's kind of trying to run Levon on a fucking stick as well. Yeah, yeah. it's embarrassing. But yeah, that movie was probably the yeah. thing. Was, and and I've heard people talk about him. Of course, yeah. the name Muddy Waters is like yeah. s- such a romantic kind of name. Yeah. yeah, you know, compared to Spandau Ballet and ABC and all that stuff that was mm. happening at the mm. time. Um, and it was like, and I think Costello had even talked about. Some of these old blues guys, yeah. um, and so it's kind of like, oh, we've got really interested. And when I heard it, it, man, you know, I don't know if people can understand because it's so ubiquitous now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. actually really hard to get your hands on some of this stuff then. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, unless you went to a library, and what kind of respectable well, um, guy went to a library? I'm, yeah, I'm even of an, you know, I'm of an age and, and stage where I can kind of remember um, reading about these people first and yeah. you couldn't just go and find it and no. you, you know you might get lucky every now and then and go to the parents record collection yeah. and find that they had one that's right and or it made a friend it, or whatever but 
often you had to go And it ask, made it so much sexier when you actually yeah. found it. It yeah. almost maybe made it more important than it was. And I don't want to wrap that up as a kind of, you know, it's impossible to... Glorious nostalgia. Yeah, that's right. It's impossible <laughs> for it not to sound like that. And I'm, yeah, not, I'm not trying to get at that, and I know you're not either. No, no. It's just interesting that there was a, you know, a, you know a, I'm... God, people send me tracks all the time, and, yeah. you know, I hear them, and some of them are amazing. Yeah. But it's hard for them, a lot of them, not to blur yeah. when uh, into a mess when you're just clicking and dragging and deciding what one you can be bothered with or scrolling through an iPod. And when you had yeah. to wait and, you know, I, I've actually, you know, had that kind of slight rush recently with finding a couple of records that I've been looking for for 10 years, which... You know, There's nothing on, like that, man. It's, it's, it's and and the, and they're pretty gimmicky, cheesy records, you know. But they meant something to me. Yeah. Found, well, one of them was Sunny Day. That's not that right. gimmicky, yeah, you know. Yeah. But like, yeah. it's it's just a cool thing to have. Or maybe it is gimmicky, but yeah. you know, it's it's a cool thing to Interesting have. Interesting that that Sunny Day kind of when we when we got the yeah, because that would be that that was happening around the time yeah, we were kind exactly. of starting. So it was like everyone expected when Robert Cray first came to New Zealand, someone like him would be opening yeah. for him. And yeah. so Auckland older Auckland musicians were like. Who are these? Who are these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? From Wellington. We were hearing, oh, these little young wankers yeah. from Wellington, you know. It must have been what it was like when um, Supergroove got started as the whatever the yeah, blues band um, they started, Dirty yeah, Rotten Dirty Blues, blues Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the same kind of thing, these young punk kids playing this music, yeah. you know. But I don't know. A part of me is kind of, I see what Smoke Shop did has actually got more to do with, and this is going to sound weird, but more to do with the development of hip hop in New Zealand than actually pop music or blues. Well, I was going to say you, that, that, that I was watching some of the I've watched some of the clips recently. I mean, you've put a couple up on Facebook again in the last few days, and you can see that connection to things like Southside of Bombay. That you know, like yeah. the, the horn. Yeah, that's where which we were is, coming that's from. That's what I mean, and that's yeah, yeah. and that's going towards. And that's a Wellington style. thing yeah. too, man. Yep. It's like we've always had those kind of horn-driven bands. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, but but. Um, I, I always wanted to play with horns, you know. Well, I even, still do, man. I'd love to do it. Nothing more would please me than to be able to go, right, I'm going to do the dream tribute album to B.B. King and I'm mm. going to do it perfectly. It's going to be recorded in that real old 50s style, yeah. you know, a couple of mics in a room with a big band. Um, but, man, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's, it's just a dream. I'd love to do it. But then again, it's just an ego thing, you know. I just like... There's no point. BB's done it, and and his, those old yeah. records are great. So why? And, and they're there, it would just you know, be like me going. Can... Here's me doing BB. Aren't I? Yeah. Cle- aren't I clever? And so is everyone. Yeah, know, Chris yeah. Kane does that better yeah. than, than anyone in the world. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Why bother? Yeah, there are people that can do it, and and, those, yeah. and that music's still around. And, yeah, and at and the end of the day, the for me, I, I really want to be moving on and just doing something. I love playing old music, but mm. I, I just want to do my own thing. So. Let's just dial back again to... I know, I tend to kind of no, no, it's drag great. things Look, around. No, so no, 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 it's great. And, 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 and this is my favourite, you know, this is why I've been wanting to get into this uh, yeah. format for a long time because it's how I kind of work yeah, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just want to... I feel like uh, if there is anyone listening besides, you know, us when we, <laughs> when we listen back to this, <laughs> I, I, I feel like it'd be interesting to see we, you know, we get to from this muddy waters kind of... Yeah. Um, uh, can you call it a fixation at that point? Did it, you, was, it was. Everything's yeah, yeah. a fixation when yeah. you're that age. Yeah, yeah, man. that's right. That's that's where we um, you know. sort of wandered off from. But yeah. so there's him, and then how do you get to BB King? Yeah, who, you know, whoever else. Um, Just from because I because putting the band together and meeting Terry, mm. 
Um, and, and that's one more person who's got different influences. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get another person in the band who says, oh, have you checked this out? And, and it's all word of mouth. So it's it's those, all it is. And, you those know, stories that are kind of, you know, in some cases they're sort of apocryphal, but those stories that like Keith Richards and Mick Jagger meeting on the train with the records, you know, those stories work and we get enticed by them because they do actually happen that to happens. us. They happen to us. Exactly, that's, man. That's and that's exactly what happened, yeah. you know. And I'd list, just listen to something and at that Man, at that age, you know what it's like. You kind of wow, wow, yeah. wow. Everything is just new. Yeah, this yeah. is the music was like thirty years old then. Yeah, you know, almost forty years old. Some of it, mm. but it was like spoke to me more than anything that I was hearing. Modern music, you know, mm. there was a couple of things, but it was the eighties. You know, most of it was pretty vapid, to be honest. The eighties is a lot of fun now. Probably, yeah, yeah, of probably, course, you know, it's like, a lot more fun now than more it was fun then. Now than, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone in the eighties wanted to be in the fifties. Why yeah. do you think they dressed that way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you've got this kind of you're, you're building this set of influences, and you've met these guys, meeting these mm. guys that are bringing some of their things into the. Where does some of the, um, I guess the there were a few people that were doing things right in the eighties, blues wise oh, and R and B, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and you know Robert um, Cray is a good example. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, he's very much blues rock, but we didn't know that. Mm. As far as we were concerned, he was just a really powerful. I was having performer. a good conversation uh, with someone about him recently, saying, you know, like, you know, he 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 managed to, um, you know, be on the cover of guitar magazines and and play the in a way that would appeal to the people who yeah. primarily just like shred stuff, but a lot of the people who dug blues and that. You know, there would have been a few purists. I mean, well, I'm going to it, but yeah. a lot of the people actually yeah. kind of got this guy's. This guy. Well, knows he genuinely this stuff. loved it. That's it. They got. But that. what he got was that he he re- he realized, whether intentionally or unintentionally, I think he realized that most of his fan base was were actually classic rock fans. Yeah, yeah. And and most people who call themselves blues fans today, in my experience, are actually classic uh, rock fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go and play them some Skip James, they'll kind of roll their nose up and what's this? Yeah, what know? they kind of want is some ZZ Top. Yeah. Which is well, that's cool. And I that, just and that that can be okay. Yeah, of yeah, course yeah. it can. It's great yeah. classic rock. Yeah, you know, I just and I just you know, get Billy Gibbons by... is no slouch. No, and no, all that. I, like he, no, he no, totally. I just yeah. get bugged by the kind of yeah, of course. The, 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 the for me, I'm trying to get away from that classic tag. rock thing yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm really not that. I never have been. I've no. always been more R and B, soul, blues, R and B. You know, it's... old blues, soul, and R and B. That's been my. That's where I'm kind of mis mis. You know, and then yeah. I did that pop record in '98 yeah, to get back yeah. to that, which yeah. totally fucked up people's heads, including my own. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what was that about? If that wasn't a complete, you know, because it wasn't. Well, that a was co- a complete fuck you to Smoke Shop and the whole thing. I just that's what I was just going to say, but it wasn't. It was a kind of like delayed reaction. In a yeah, too, wasn't well, it, it wasn't because the thing is, I worked on all those songs for like Smoke Shop split up about '91. Yeah, and kind of fizzled out really. Yeah, and then for about three years I wrote these songs and I played a few gigs with a hot leftover, so I was still keeping my hand yeah. in. Yeah, um, but I recorded that in '95, mm. and then Pagan right. sat on it till '98. Okay, because yeah. I think Trevor, in his heart of hearts, really knew it was shit. Right, <laughs> but you know we put it out there. <laughs> we we'll sneak this out. We when, put it when out when we can. Exactly, <laughs> and, and it kind of it lost me a lot of impetus, if you want, yeah. as far as a yeah. career arc is concerned. Yeah, but you know it is what it is, and there's still some good songs on it. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, I was way too much. I was like getting away from that blues thing altogether, and I just shouldn't have. I should have so owned do, it. When you do know? you feel like? Is it is it right around the sort of time of King Size that you go? I'm back on track. I'm yeah. Well, I I'm started getting to, towards. I started where I'm, to see where I could actually write something that was going to sit in that and not be Smoke yeah, Shop. Yeah. 
you know, and but not been, but not offend people that like yeah, smoke exactly. shops. Yeah, like Bring some of them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But it wasn't even that conscious. I just no. we just went and made a record. I had yeah. a certain amount of I think I had two or three original songs on that. Yeah. So yeah, and then just did some covers I wanted to do, and that, I mean people still talk about that record fondly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's fine, you know. I just think I've done a lot better since then. I think that's the record where I kind of started to make sense of you and who you were and what you yeah. did. You know, I mean, I, I can remember, I was young, but I can remember seeing clips of, of yeah. Smoke Shop and being aware of Smoke mm. Shop. And because I was into, you know, um, Robert Cray yeah, and, yeah. Um, dare I say, Eric Clapton and, and yeah. you know, but thing, things yeah, yeah. in that nature and, and uh, of that nature that it was pretty cool to know that there was a band in New Zealand Doing that it. was kind of doing that. Yeah yeah, 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 that's true. And the horn section thing was really, you know, just yeah. when you did see those clips, and it was sometimes just half a song or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, um, I'm really gutted. It, I'm really know, gutted TVNZ lost all that shit. Yeah. Man. I wonder how much other stuff they lost, you know. I heard they did that in the 60s too. Why yeah. would they do that? Why just, would they make the same mistake again? Yeah. It's just yeah. bizarre. And then what they have, you know, there's, st- there's still lots of stuff they have got that they're just yeah, being. Yeah. Uh, about. Yeah, well, lazy. <laughs> I was going to be super polite and just say lazy, but I th- yeah. you know, it's just sort of pushed in. And I think probably it is that that it's actually just being pushed into a. They should just offer it to the national library and be done with it, man. Or just student job search it and get, yeah. you know get get yeah. someone to digitise it for the yeah, back way because yeah. I mean it's important. All it's, of it, exactly. You know? It's you know, um, okay. So um, Robert Cray and uh, the, the the other sort of eighties kind of thing oh and pre that 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 i feel is obviously a pretty big thing in your life was fabulous thunderbirds oh massive but that's yeah that kind of came a little bit later uh, really. yeah and but when i heard that that first fabulous thunderbirds that is a monster record it's mm. like wow i don't think anyone in the states saw that one coming those guys were like you know they totally took it back to the 50s mm. but in a totally original way yeah yeah you know even when they covered stuff they did they, you could tell it was the same song. It wasn't that far away, but it, it was T-Birdified. Yeah. You know, and, and Jimmy Vaughan was right on top of his game. So was, Amazing. Did he come out here with Stevie when Stevie in was 80, he... In 86, but by that yeah. stage, they'd become more of a pop yeah. band as well, really. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think Kim Wilson had a lot to do with that because I yeah. think part of Kim's thing is he wants to play a hardcore harmonica yeah. and part of it is he wants to be a kind of a schmaltzy lounge singer out front of a, a yeah. soul pop band, yeah. you know? And I can understand that because I've, I've got the same yeah, yeah, intention yeah. sometimes. And he's good at know? it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And, and he's a lovely, lovely yeah. guy. I mean, he's if anyone deserves success, it's Kim Wilson, you know? Yeah. He's a phenomenal dude. That, yeah. And, you know, I don't. you've met a lot of musicians, so you know how many of yeah. them are assholes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Um, yeah, man. Well, I know how many of them think I am. <laughs> Just probably you might, no, you might not, my, Simon. No, I don't well, know. I'm, I'm going to take a stab and say it's a bigger number. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you know, well, when we talked about Planet Key before, you yeah. know, about the hate that I got yeah. and stuff, I kind of got a little taste of probably what you have to deal with, you know. Yeah. Every I, now and again, yeah. and that's that's really and it's but you know it says more about the person who's doing it than it does about you. It's like usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, usually. I mean, we all make mistakes, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but I really, I mean, I kind of. I've always been really impressed by a critic who's not afraid to speak his mind. And and if you didn't like something I did, yeah. I'd actually actually it would do me a favour. Can you can you hate my <laughs> yeah, next yeah, record? Yeah, yeah, might sell some more. It's um, tr- it's, tr- it's tricky that actually because I find myself uh, in that situation with 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 a sort of small handful of bands where I think, and I'm actually quite aware of this, where I yeah. think like maybe I shouldn't, you know, give them such a rave thing because. Uh, 
people might react to that because of that, which is a very strange thing. Yeah. And then you start, you know, what's the point in second guessing yourself around? That's it. My, my kind of rule has always been like in terms of the things that I want to write versus what I have to write. Well, write exactly that. Write about what you want to write. And so if, yeah. it, if it moves you to, you know, write half a dozen times about Paulie Barna Jones, then do it. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not hurting the world. I you know, know. I've seen you, you get a bit of flack for that. Yeah, Paul's amazing. Yeah, you know? you know, and it's and 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 yourself. You know, I've written um, things about your records and and shows and stuff because uh, you know I like them. You yeah, know? yeah, and I'm and I'm interested in what you do and um, where you're sort of coming at it from. Um, and you know, yeah, there's even even I sort of think about it with like the band Jacob. I think like yeah. you know they're an amazing band and and they don't they don't need me in their corner waving a flag. But fuck it, I want to because well, yeah, that's what I think. That's some what of, I think some you of the, do. And yeah. there are a couple of other critics yeah. who do the same. But yeah. but there's also a lot of critics who just don't people say forget, anything. People you know? forget that music critics are you know they like they like to sort of pretend this is not the case for whatever reason because it gives them a, a, a cheap a cheap and slightly effective temporary line but you know people get into music writing because they dig music so yeah, 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 they right. are going to find things that they actually want to you know be an enthusiastic cheerleader for and yeah, does yeah. happen and 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 uh, it can't be everything because if it's because no. if it's everything then it means nothing yeah that's sort of always... but the passion around it is actually you know for all the hate and da, 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 whatever you get the passion around it is great yeah, the I, fact that people give a shit about something that's not mm. um, like a computer game, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. or or something that happened. Oh, totally. On, that's, that's that's brilliant. I that's think the that way I see it. I long think, may it remain. I think, like you know, when you were getting the Planet Key stuff, that's tricky because I mean, uh, you know, you you put a political sort of song out and you yeah. put a political point of view out that. People that knew you were very aware of, and then you, people you, that didn't, people that didn't, yeah. didn't, but you yeah. wanted to um, to combine those worlds that you perhaps hadn't yeah. kept. Yeah, you know, you'd kept kind of separate, and you you decided I'm going to put those. Together. And you it was know the what? most overt example. Yeah, of and you it's doing been brilliant that. because it's opened another door for me that I'm not just writing about relationships anymore, yeah. and I'm not going to keep writing about this ad infinitum. No, but it certainly opened some other doors. Like yeah. I'm in the middle of writing a song about a. Uh, and this is all around the centenary thing. I got mm. sick of seeing all these glorifying war songs mm. and mm. people being commissioned to write music for the yeah 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 whatever. And I, so I'm working on this kind of gospely kind of bass tune about a, a kid going off to war in 1914 and yeah. going gradually being more disillusioned. I never would have done that if I hadn't kind of opened this little yeah, door. Yeah, 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 giving yourself... So, giving myself permission to write about something a, else. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so I don't know if anything will come of that song. Well, also the, a pile of shit. The, 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 the other kind of classic cliche that comes up is this whole thing about um you know tortured artists and people people doing their best work when they're unhappy and oh, yeah, yeah. and so forth and you know and there's some there can be some truth in that and there's some really sad truth in it when you look at some of the you know non-legacies people leave behind because yeah. they 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 left early or whatever um but you know if you are happy and uh, in your life and in your relationship then it's hard to write about you know there's, there's, there, there is fiction in this world. Not everything is yeah, based exactly. on your own. But it is quite hard to write about. Um, I think the song, the art of songwriting generally is fictional. It's The confessional stuff is actually really recent and gets boring as hell quite quickly. I find that, me, I've found you know? that um, every now and then, I think a lot of what we think is confessional songwriting, for, you know, kind of isn't as well. Yeah, of course. You know? And I think like... Well, because people invent yeah. parts of their life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Of course they do. But when you hear something like... Uh, you know, I just got hooked recently on the um, Dory Previn album, and it's you know where she's basically singing songs about Mia Farrow and to yeah. Mia Farrow and and to Andre Previn and 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 
about some pretty awful things that happened, yeah. like like um, getting ejected from a a flight because she was quite literally out of her mind. Yeah, that's you know that's confessional singer songwriting, and yeah. and that's a pretty amazing album. I reckon yeah. it's pretty hard to listen to, yeah. and to me, that's I'm not saying that's the gold standard, but but that's a standard a little bit above and beyond some the of the trouble what, is most people doing that are going to just make some boring shit yeah you know you're actually i mean in my opinion you're better off inventing some stuff that's interesting than writing about your life yeah. if it's not interesting well i guess too <laughs> the know? thing the two, and most people's lives aren't that interesting bro how does this work for songwriters too now is that we all do write about our lives a lot more because of facebook and twitter yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and such so we're actually all doing that and and even those of us who think we're not we're giving off little, you know, yeah, of course. We're, we're, we're dragging and clicking into things that um, are selling a version of our yeah, brand yeah. that want to be sold. So we yeah. are telling people, yeah. unfortunately we're telling the advertisers, but, but, you know, we are telling people about ourselves. So how does yeah. that, how does that figure into songwriting? Does that, mm, uh, I don't know. I really does don't that make know. it harder to? No, because I think a lot of songwriters probably just imagine themselves as other characters when they're writing anyway, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I that whole kind of John Lennon was God because he wrote about himself yeah. thing bothers me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Paul McCartney wrote about characters. It's like, yeah. just judge the song on its own merits, not whether it's about a personal thing or. Yeah. Is it a good song? Does it speak to you in any way? And yeah, if it yeah. does, then it's a good song. Do you what, get, you know? Do you, do, you know, do the. It's like arguing about is a melody good enough? Well, if, you know. Does it work? Does it work? <laughs> it's kind you of know, that I am you, yeah. you are me, are you, are you. it's a shit melody, but it's a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I am the Walrus. It's a marvelous song. People, you know, you can't. That's the thing. You can't um, judge it purely academically the whole time on on no. on something like melody because um, those slightly more um, obscure things like mood come into yeah, it. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the other thing I was trying to get my lawyers to to get across they just couldn't do it in court about the planet yeah, key thing yeah. was it's not just lyrics yeah it's not just i mean the videos take the video out of it yeah and and put and i mean, just think about think, it as a whole thing rather than just lyrics okay, and a song so since we're talking about it um do you think the uh and you know i, I uh, no disrespect at all to Jeremy's work, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, it's funny but, as hell. But do you think that you would have gotten anywhere near the grief if there was no video? Probably not. I don't think I we would have. I feel like, because I've. I might, well, it's like anything. It's yeah. like any song these days. If you don't have something interesting to look at, yeah. no one's going to listen to it. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like the visual aspect to that song was. Of course. Was key. People talk about People talk about the, the dolphin yeah. guitar solo and stuff yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. So. That's that's fine. In fact, you know, we even had a dolphin yeah. made up to kind yeah. of. Um, he said pointing at something that so you can all yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great radio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, magic. <laughs> great great podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I really do. I mean, well, let's talk about where we are. We're in your. We're we're um we're not at my house where I'm going to do most of these podcasts. We're at your home. We're in your home. Yep. We're in your uh the nerve center of the your nerve musician center. Lamington operation. Studios. Yeah. Yes. So tell me a bit about um. The last record, you you, yep. you, know, you sort of hinted at that before, it's done in here, you teach in here. Yeah, I teach in here, um, I do write all my in demos here. in here, write in here, play my shitty keyboards in here. And how long has um, this been operational for you? How long uh, have you been here probably, and set up like this? Well, I've been set up in my previous place, yeah. pretty similar. Yeah. Um, probably since about 2008, I got serious about kind of... Home studio stuff. Why can't I record myself? Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, in fact, 
you know, one track on the last album was totally done here, which yeah. was um, Hungarian Rhapsody, the yeah, song, yeah. the song that the blues purists can't stand. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it was like, wow, that's really cool. I've made something quite interesting out of that. Yeah. And uh, um, just bits and pieces of percussion and shit I found around the house. And yeah. Recorded the amp in the in the hallway for the guitar and stuff, and, yeah. and got some really interesting sounds. I don't think I would have gotten the studio. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been brilliant, and I'm going to pretty much do my recording here from now on. Well, what's your um, working day? Because obviously that's... Get up late, yep. of course, because yep. that's the one perk about earning yeah. no money yep. and being your own boss. Um, although Is that I, stay up late, get up late uh, a lot of the yeah, time? sometimes, man. It just depends, I, yep. you know. I, I pretty much Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are dedicated to teaching. Mm-hmm. I teach from about two o'clock to about nine o'clock yep. every day. Um, those Half Monday, hour Tuesday, Wednesday, one hour. One hour. Yep. So, so it's a bunch of students bang, bang, bang in a row. Yeah. It's so quite intense. tiring. Yeah, it's yeah, very, yeah, exactly. man. An hour that's... lesson is like, I'm pretty tired. And people at the have end never that. done that sort of thing on on perhaps either side. Might have this idea that. Oh well, he's he's a good musician. Um, that's quite easy, but it's not. teaching people. St- oh well, every single person has to be taught in a way that suits them. That's exactly, and it's like that's why group lessons just don't work. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I'll do that, um, and then I'll have a feed, and if I'm feeling in the mood, I might try writing something or just noodling. Sometimes yep. just playing, yep. carry on playing after playing yep. for five hours or six hours. Yeah. Um, and man, that's pretty much it, really. And Thursdays and Fridays, I try. Um, if I'm not recently, obviously, I've been just booking tour and yeah, yeah, yeah. publicity and all this kind of stuff. Um, I try and get some writing done. What? Um, and writing is like can be as random as just jamming with myself, yeah, well, setting up a say, setting up a drum beat and just playing something, or a melody might come in my head and I might feel like I need to get a melody, yeah, kind of transcribed. It, it's that's what I was going to ask. Know? Is where to where to, you know that that awful question that sort of <laughs> yeah, where the, to, one, where to, the one where that where everyone songs, asks. Where do songs come from? But but <laughs> hold on, I'll just yeah one. yeah yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I I assume that something like which you know you should never do, but I assume that something like say the last couple of songs, the the political ones have come from lyrics, being more lyrically based. Uh, the, uh, no, funnily enough, man, Planet Key was um, that a lick. Planet Key was actually just a little groove. Oh, yeah. A little kind of just a yeah. two-chord groove, and I started singing this thing in a Prince voice. Yeah. Up here. And I did yeah, the yeah. demo in a kind yeah. of in that way really yeah. quickly. It's like, oh, wow. And, and then, I, then I sat down and went, why am I saying Planet Key? And wow, then I, right. You yeah, know, yeah. And yeah. it's like, wow, okay. And then I wrote the verses. Okay. And then I played it to Delia, and she went, oh, you have to put it out. You have to re-record it and put it yeah, out. Yeah, so. I actually ended up using the demo tracks and just stripping it all back, getting yeah. Darren Mathiason to play the drums to that, yeah. and then adding as it went. So yeah. it was pretty much the genesis of it was just that little wow. chorus. Okay. And so, yeah. are there are there songs that have come from you really wanting to have something to say first and foremost lyrically, like it's or, or not no, really? Not are really. You mostly, man. it's a a sort of musical idea. That yeah, either that or I the, might just have. A phrase, a or phrase. A, yeah, but yeah. but very rarely am I sitting down like Elton John with a poem written by yeah. Bernie Taupin. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's um, not many people have that luxury. <laughs> well, no, I think Bill Lake does though with Arthur yeah. Basting. Yeah. So for yeah. some of his songs, yeah. he does that, which is great, and there's some yeah. good ones too. Yeah. Um, but I've never kind of done co-writing. I'd quite like to try it at some stage, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those kind of mysteries to me. I don't know what what it is, man. It's just. Pfft. But it's funny because you, you know, like I, I, I sort of. I'm in the business of actually asking that awkward, yeah, silly question to people, and and sometimes when you when you just go ahead and ask it, 
you end up having quite a good conversation, and and the same things do come up. Like of course, you know, say, you know everyone is different. Everyone has a different yeah, yeah. sort of working way, and and I think obviously the, the most important and obvious thing to stress is that. Um, not many people ever arrive on a formula that works across more no. than one song. So every, no, every and when they do, they just different. produce crap. That's it. There aren't many people. And and the other thing I think needs to be talked about. May, is maybe Hell David and Burt Bacharach yeah, for a maybe. while. Yeah, hit, yeah, hit that. You know, and a few people like that. Yeah, Lennon McCartney. But yeah. that's genius. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not the same as hard yeah. work. Yeah. Although I'm sure they worked as hard as they could. Yeah. Um, they just didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that people don't talk about is the amount of shit you throw away, man. Yeah. Yeah. And literally. Literally, dozens and dozens of songs are just never going to see the light of day. Uh, that must pile up more with a home studio too. Yeah, of course, of course because you've got it all recorded. You can do, exactly, you're, yeah. you're archiving and in some sense. Yeah, well, I've got four ter- four one terabyte hard drives in that computer, so right, and I think one of them's full. So yeah, that's yeah. a lot of stereo recordings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. just because I never bother with the basic demos. I never bother to keep the mixable ones. Yeah, if I'm thinking shit, I'll just bounce it down to stereo and keep it as a kind of. Yeah, and every now and again, I go back and I go, oh, actually, that little part of it's really cool. I might do something with that. Yeah. I don't think you should ever throw something away and not use it. You, yeah. never, you just never know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and of course your taste change too. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I don't know, man. I all I know is that when I've written something that good, I kind of know it. Outside of the the, the sort of, uh, I guess there's a a little bit of a path that you're on at the moment in terms of playing solo, and then yeah. you know, like you sort of. Have you know one of one of the reasons is that financially it's difficult to to run oh, a band, yeah. which, which you've said, but. Are you missing playing? I miss aspects you, of it. You had yeah. a good, you had a really good band going yep. for for, for yep. quite a long time, really. Sure, different, you know, a couple yeah. of different people coming yep. in and out, but you ran I, a good band. Yeah, I, I I'll probably do it again. Yeah, but, but I really feel like I need to concentrate on on writing and performing, and at the moment, it's just not viable. Mm. And I want to find the right people. Mm. I need to play with new people, mm. and I really want to play with young cats who are into it. When who, I, who don't mind getting in the van and going yeah. on the road and aren't going to say, I want 500 bucks when I last to play talked one to you, show. You were, you, know? you were thinking about um, sort of the idea of an organ trio yeah, type thing. Yeah, I'd love thing. to do that, man. It's, that's you know, Hammond, always Hammond and drums and yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Vaughan did that later in his career too. Mm. And that was quite cool. Mm. Um, it kind of gives you a, a really interesting approach to the material I've already written. It'll sound quite different. Yeah. But I really love the freedom of of trio. But I'd quite like to have another soloist. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not just bass, and I'm soloing yeah. all the time. Yeah. I bore myself, you know. Yeah, But yeah. I am kind of missing that side of, you know, the electric guitar and kind of playing yeah. solos and stuff. You it must really feel don't... pretty good, like to. Oh, it you know, does, like man. It, to every, be able to, yeah, yeah. Every to be able time to hold to court kind of... with a voice, you know. And, and I know when I sing, I get people's attention. Mm. It's really cool to know that I can do that with a guitar too, you know. So it's like you feel like you've got two weapons, so to speak, you know. Yeah, well, I was going to say you always have these kind of moments in your um, shows where, um, and you know, it's I think the last couple, last two records, you've had some nice. Um, Ballady moments, both that you've written and that you've covered, yeah, yeah. like the Bill Lake. I love that song. Um, tune, That's particularly song. on the last one, but but yeah. also even just you know uh, one of your, one of your um, old favourites is is uh, John Hyatt's "Have a Little Faith." Oh yeah, yeah. And you, so you have these moments where you know you're pretty much actually putting the guitar down. Yeah. And um and it is just about you singing, and then you're able to have these moments where like 
uh, I'm thinking of like Lido gigs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just instrumental. Where it's pretty much, you know, yeah. or, or you're singing, but it kind of like doesn't matter what you're singing. That's you know, right, that's, right. That's part of it's it. It's about the groove. It's and about the groove yeah, and the playing. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the solo is going to come. So it must and that's be nice. why blues is so cool because it kind of str- it kind of strides between rock and roll and jazz. You know, yeah. Without ever getting up its own ass. Yeah. At, or unaccessible to people to listen to. Yeah. Like they can feel it, and it's emotional. It's emotional and it's danceable. So yeah, let's it's, it's just let, great music. Let's man. talk some more about some of the people that were, um, you know, inspiring you to develop those two voices. Yeah. Uh, obviously, BB yeah, yeah. King is oh, BB King is, is the example. Supreme. Yeah. I mean, but every guitarist should say that. Yeah. If they don't, they. They're, but also as a vocalist, I mean, like oh, man, absolutely, you know, man. like as, as a great example of it. And because yeah. people still, I think, like around his death with the tributes, there were people still going. Uh, he wasn't a very good guitar player. <laughs> he couldn't play and sing like that was like that was the measure. Yeah, Look, yeah. I thought that, but I was eight. It's okay to yeah, think that when right. you're eight. And I didn't even think he wasn't a good guitar player, but I noticed that that was an interesting... Yeah. I mean, I noticed that in the way that you notice um, Charlie Watts not hitting the hi-hat yeah, on the yeah, backbeat, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and things like that, where you go, I know he could do that. He's choosing not to, or, yeah. or he's not... You know, whatever, like in uh, yeah. BB's case, he, you know... Well, BB was a better guitar player than he gave himself credit for. Yeah. You know, he he was, I mean, every now and again in one of his gigs, you'd hear him play this diminished run and you'd think, wow, man, that's yeah. like, that's not your kind of average kind of blues guitar player. Yeah, he yeah, really yeah. wasn't. He really was more than that. Yeah. Even early in his career when his skills weren't quite up to what they are, you know, they were before he, you know, lost it. Yeah. Um, I'd say in the 70s, he pretty much reached a pinnacle of his playing, and mm. his, but he'd lost his voice. Yeah. From all that singing without yeah. fallback, you know, yeah, yeah, all that. he lost that beautiful falsetto, That's... that gospel thing that he had, and, and it became gruffer. He still sold it beautifully. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 for me, it's the period from forty nine to about nineteen sixty five. Yeah. That, as a singer. Yeah. Where he was like, when I first heard him sing, it was like, I mean, I've had people say, "Who's that woman?" Yeah. You know, who's yeah. that woman singing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was a pretty friggin' incredible high falsetto, beautiful round kind of tenor. Mm, you know? mm. um, yeah, he was huge. Well, but two, I, but the know. thing is, of course, you know, I want to open my mouth and I want that to come out. Yeah, it's yeah, never yeah. going to, man. You learn to live with the limits of what you've got. Um, but what he, I think, what he taught me was it was the playing and singing thing together and the band leading, man. Yeah. The kind of talking between songs and making yeah. it interesting. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, that's something that we didn't kind of naturally see in New Zealand. You know? Yeah, I, I was up in um, Auckland the weekend when 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 the news came out that he'd passed away, oh, and right. um, and uh, one of the stations, it might have been BFM, um, actually played one side of Live at the Regal, yeah, which was yeah. the right thing to do, totally. and because you got that band leading yeah. flavor in both a musical sense and the band, yeah, absolutely, you, know, you got that whole all round entertainment, and it was totally rehearsed. Yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> It worked, mm. and that's the and most artists. But there was that era. I mean, like Buddy Rich had that with his yeah. band for a while. You know, yeah, when, you he being, same, when he wasn't being an asshole. You listen to the same Cook Live album. It's the, the same one, thing. Yep. It's all about church, yeah. man. Yeah, it really is. It's yeah. literally about leading a congregation yeah. in a secular sense. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and my mother would love to think if I wasn't a musician, I would have been a preacher. I'm sure she would have loved that. You know? <laughs> so it's like literally being in front of people was that's what BB King yeah. taught a lot of people. I yeah. think. Yeah. You know? He unfortunately didn't teach Clapton enough of that. Yeah, because he's pretty dry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he, he's like he's the the. But the other one is Earl Hooker, and not many people know who he is. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I lucked onto this record, this thing called the Leading Brand of records that he just played with other people. Yeah. And 
man, that was like slide guitar and standard tuning, mm. really, really intricate rhythm parts and, and jumping between slide and standard, uh, slide and finger playing. And just yeah. a, He was actually John Lee Hooker's cousin, but completely different kind of musician. Yeah. yeah. But he was so good that Muddy Waters took two of his singles, or the yeah. Chess Brothers, yeah. and they overdubbed Muddy singing on them. You Shook Me is one of them. Yeah. That's, that's an Earl Hooker song called wow. Blue Guitar. Wow. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, imagine it happened now. Yeah, 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 we're yeah, taking yeah. your record, yeah. <laughs> this great instrumental, we're, we're going to put someone, we're going to give someone sing over the yeah. top of it. I don't think yeah. he ever got paid for it either. Yeah. But, you know, he was, you know, and this, I saw this in a guitar magazine a few years back mm. about they transcribed the solo and said, what great Muddy Waters guitar playing. Mm. I was like, no, it doesn't sound like Muddy Waters. <laughs> that's Earl Hooker, man. And what yeah, so so he's a more obscure guy, but he was like. What about Freddie King? Was oh, he, Freddie King too. But I was going to say he's yeah, got because yeah. he's he's a bit more explosive, but he's got that. Yeah, but even but he wasn't so much the explosive stuff that got me. The seventy stuff I got into later it was mm. that early kind of almost surf music. Yeah, you know, yeah, that kind yeah. R and B. I was going to say he's got he's got the kind of entertainer band leader. Yeah, yeah, and he just had, his instrumentals were so yeah. perfect. Yeah. So I, I learned the whole thing. I mean, I bought that record, Let's Dance Away and Hide Away, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I learned the whole record note for note. Yeah. And like. Boy, that, and I teach some of my students that stuff now, and it's like the best way to get started to play blues guitar. Yeah, yeah. It teaches you the structure. It teaches you that you don't just noodle away in a pentatonic scale. You actually mm. play through changes and stuff. Yeah. It's really, really cool stuff. And it sounds a little bit dated now, I guess, but, you know, it's... So where, do you, where did you ever, like, place some of these people like Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page and stuff? Do they, mm. they sort of mean anything much to you? Because... Because it's okay to to um, like them, but it's also and it's and it's absolutely okay to not like them. Yeah. But, but like, did you sort of get some sense of interest and importance for them at any point? I was in always there? more interested by how Led Zeppelin's records sounded than any of the kind of live pyrotechnics or yeah. or the and or the solo playing. Yeah. So the actual sound of those records was more interesting to the me. Drum than, sound. Yeah, and the, just the production. Like yeah. I think as a producer, Jimmy Page was great. Yeah, yeah. As a guitar player, he's like I know. I'm, Ben Fulton's going to hate me for this, <laughs> but but I, he doesn't do it for me. I find yeah, yeah, him yeah. kind of. I find him. Yeah, he's okay. He's, yeah. but he's not. He never put it this way. The my my measure is if, if the hair goes up on my back, mm. then it does something for so me. And the, if it doesn't, then you know. Now we and we're, we're two white guys talking about blues guitar playing here yeah. a little bit. But were there any of those kind of white British blues boom car players that, in a guitar playing sense, light it up for you? No. Just, just now that you say that about Page. No, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, Peter I'm not Green. saying, no, he's a good player, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, doesn't do it for you. He goes through a period where he apes Freddie King, he goes through mm. a period where he apes BB, and mm. and to me, he doesn't sound as good as either of them. Mm-hmm. You know, although BB, of course, said he does it better than yeah, BB yeah. spent his life telling everyone yeah, yeah, they were yeah. great guitar players, yeah. you know. That's part of his shtick. Yeah, I was going to say that was you know? that sort of charm that he had. Exactly. He, he knew that, that and he was... might have believed it too, but he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, he knew that. <laughs> was, he, he knew one way or another that was working for him. That was yeah, part of exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. you know, um, and God, that's gracious. That's great. You know, but for me, yeah, I, I kind of always like to go back to the source. Mm, mm. That's and I very rarely. I think Jimmy Vaughan's the first guy I've heard who could play that stuff and actually bring something to it and still have the power of. Yeah, and I'm talking about the first Thunderbirds record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, some of that stuff is pure early BB King, and in a way that people who think about BB King is that kind of do da 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 just don't get because you have to hear his early stuff to know what I'm talking about. 
And well, when I, you know, early, I'm talking early mid fifties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's, where he's, you know, he's he's, he's playing he's, a strat or a telly. Actually, yeah, yeah. Most I was going to say, and he's cutting R and B singles. Yeah, really, exactly, you know, man. And jump blues. Yeah, you know, that's like, right, and it's great. And he's um, got that thing. And there are people, you know, another person that I think um, honed his skills in a similar way uh, and, and went into a different idiom would be George Benson, where yeah. where they, you know, these are guys that were street singers, yeah. accompanying themselves, yeah. And so that that kind of notion of groove in their playing exactly. is so inherent. It's you know it's actually a learned yeah, behavior. Think, you know it's a yeah. learned thing. But you, you, that's the thing that I think people can play their whole lives and not quite get. Well, yeah, but as a teacher, I tell you what, man, the amount of people I know who come in, you know, come and see me for for a couple of lessons to just to, you know see if they can I can help them out. Almost eighty percent of them are the people. Technically, really good, but they ha- they don't sit in the pocket rhythmically. That's what they that's want. Like, that's what and they, that's, that's what they're and that, to. And I, exactly, and I I kind of try and enable people techniques that will help yeah. them actually internalize a clock that'll actually work yeah. for them, so that you're not just this is getting way too arcane for your lips. <laughs> your so you're not just playing one, two, three, four. You're playing the subdivisions every yeah. time. So something is always in time. You know, you're not just yeah, yeah. in time for one and whatever happens for the rest of the bar, which is well, a problem with a lot of players, I was gonna say especially with blues, man. It's like, but then there's a way to be sloppy around it and still have that internal clock it, play through the whole thing. It, it's pretty staggering the number of musicians that play in, in kind of working bands and that that still have this idea that the drummer is responsible for, or the bass player, yeah, the, the rhythm section is responsible for time. Everyone is responsible for time. Exactly. And, and, the, like, and you know when you play with someone who's got it, yeah. You, you just know, man. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, any musicians who are listening know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like there's something that just clicks when three or four people have all got the same internal clock. Yeah. And there is only one clock. Yeah. There is no, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're playing free jazz or something else. Yeah, yeah. There's time is time. You yeah. can't, you know, you can mess with it. Yeah, but yeah. It's yeah. always has You've to be to, there. Yeah, I was going to say you have to acknowledge it. To exactly. Mess with it, don't you? That's it, man. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and so. Yeah, you're right, and that's what I find lacking, in, I guess, in a lot of the British blues players. Yep. They seem hurried to me. Mm-hmm. They seem overly on top of but the beat. But also, you would have, you know, see like the difference between one of one of the many differences, but the difference between me and you and our and our understanding of the stuff is, I, I probably give or take one or two people. Like BB was there for me very uh. early on, but. I probably did go to those guys first, and yeah, yeah. and and that was really great lesson. To, of course, you know, like when I was listening to Eric Clapton, it was primarily because of Cream, yeah. which I still have. Which is best. Which work. I st- exactly, I still have a fondness for. Yeah. And in fact, the stuff either side of that, up up to the Layla album, yeah, and uh, you know, Blind Faith and Layla, and then. Um, back to the Blues Breakers, you know, yeah. like that stuff. See, the Blues Breakers, he had great tone in there and he yeah. played quite well, but I felt the rhythm section was oh. bloody awful. Yeah, yeah, but I just mean like you know. as, a, as an educational thing. Yes, oh, like yeah, that yeah, stuff's totally. great because like you're reading about them yeah, and, yeah. you know, you're right, he's 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 dry as old balls, but you're like, <laughs> you're um, reading about him and the music and, you, yeah. get, you know, you're getting these constant references to like he clearly, you know, no matter what anyone thinks of him now, and I, you know, I've got I've got the the triple out album that's just come out, the oh, triple wow. best of. Right. That's um. The, and how much it's, of it's any good? Oh, it's revolting because it's <laughs> because it's a how, how someone could allow, you know, he he won't care, but how someone could allow a triple disc set to be put out like that, where it's um, it's really 
solo stuff from the mid eighties onwards. Oh dear. And the only old stuff is like modern performances. You know, right. like, so, so there's, it's, there's so some it's okay. Rec- that's record label. Oh, totally. Shit. Yeah, totally. But so, how he, you know, and so well, he probably got very little control. Man, exa- and he probably doesn't really care. He might not well, even no. know it got he's, released. He's out, he's <laughs> he might out, not even know. He's out fishing, bro. Um, but uh, where was I going with that? The, the the point is that he clearly at one point. Had done the play, had done the listening, had done the oh, playing. Yeah. So he, someone like him, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting hooked into that stuff if if it sends you in sends the right direction. So, yeah, yeah, totally. You know. Otherwise, but if you don't, you end up kind of getting half the story. And yeah, that's right. It's like any music, you know. It's well, it's like anything. If you really want to do it properly, you have to study all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you have to get a big kind of picture for it. You know, you do it in chunks, obviously, but. You kind of don't just go. I like art, so I'm going to paint like Mondrian, you know. Yes. <laughs> or I'm gonna, or <laughs> I'm know? gonna, or I'm gonna read the Wikipedia page on yeah. it, on it. Whatever yes, the topic right. is, because because that's sort of what it's like, isn't yeah. it? Like going to a you know, uh, double compilation called 100 percent Essential Blues. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a bit like looking up blues on Wikipedia or yeah. blues rock on Wikipedia. Yeah. It's actually. a good. It's a good start. It could be if you use yeah, it properly. That's you, right. That's right. But if you just go right, I've read up on that. I've listened to that. I'm done. Yeah. Then and unfortunately, it's kind of a lot of. I mean, a lot of stuff gets glossed over like that. That's just the nature of things, you know. It's only kind of freaks like me and a few of my friends who yeah. kind of, you know, who decided to kind of get so immersed in it that we kind of, mm. you know. It's not, but it wasn't for any particular. It wasn't for any particular reason, other than we just loved it and we wanted to know, mm. and we wanted to play better. And the best way we could do that was to study it all. Um, so a couple of people uh, asked me to ask you some questions. Uh, I won't oh. name who they were, but you possibly even know them. But um, <laughs> wanted to know um, what you thought of the local blues scene. As in, as in New Zealand or uh, Wellington? Well, I take that to mean Wellington, but maybe uh, I think maybe okay. I think I think New Zealand is a fine thing to look at. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I know a couple of people. I mean, I know heaps of musicians. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think there is one. No, I really don't. I, I other than blues clubs, and and in my heart, I I think if something has to be in a club, there's a serious problem. You know? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This idea of keeping the blues alive. Groucho Marx say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keeping the blues alive in inverted commas. Yeah. It ain't dead. It's just changed. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. and people are still playing great old stuff and they're playing great new stuff. Mm. It doesn't, you know, I think the, the clubs are actually making it into this kind of Dixieland. Yeah, you know? museum. Exactly. Which is, around it. And again, they mean, they mean, they mean of, well, but I think, yeah. again, you scratch half the members of those clubs and they, they're not going to have many blues records in their collection anyway. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be Cream, it's going to be Clapton, it's going to yeah. be Peter Green. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's blues rock yep. or classic rock. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Joe Bonamassa's favorite, favorite, you know, yeah. favorite version of uh, "I'm Ready" by Willie Dixon is "Humble Pie." For yeah, God's yeah, sake, yeah, yeah. you know, the great blues band "Humble yeah. Pie." Um, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, you know. And, that, and that's there's a classic. You know, and they that, say everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, but, you know, that's actually just wrong. <laughs> that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that deserves a bad buzzer sound. That's I will, <laughs> I will leave that up to to Kit Anderson in, in yeah. California to deal with. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we don't want to be snobs about it because I, yeah. I actually really, really like the idea of blues being used in other forms and mm. moving forward. Mm. I just don't like it being called blues when it's not blues, mm-hmm. you know? When there's no blues component really other than, you know, the White Stripes weren't a blues yeah. band. I hear yeah. that all the time. Led yeah. Zeppelin weren't a blues band. No. They played some blues songs and turned them into rock tunes, mm. you know? I Can't Quit You by well, Led Zeppelin compared to... So where was Hendrix Rush. in this? Where was Hendrix? Oh, Hendrix was huge when I was a kid. Yeah, but where, where does, uh, you know... Is where he does a, he fit? Yeah, is he a, he's a blues artist? No. 
But he's closer than the White Stripes or... Well, he's Vince just funkier, or... man. Yeah. He's he's just a looser, funkier player. You know? uh, he's sort of... And he's R&B. He's R&B. I was going to say, he's sort of got that pedigree through that, you know, yeah. through the Chitlin... And, you know. and he plays guitar like Curtis Mayfield. His rhythm yeah. guitar playing yeah. is all, you know, very yeah, much yeah. that buzz. Yeah. And his lead guitar playing is like kind of bluesy. But it's it's the beginnings of... God help us, it's the beginnings of heavy metal. That and Cream kind well, of started things it, rolling, his, you know. His, um, cause it's... it's it's more on that R and B tip, but his his rhythm playing is the bluesiest thing about his oh, guitar of course, playing. Man. You know, yeah, and you know he might play again the most overplayed song at blues jams, mm. Red House. Mm. Um, it's just something he did in a hurry because he needed mm. a song. You know, it's, mm. there's, it's a throwaway. Mm. And God help us, there are way better blues songs in the world than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's, know, it's sort of very much. Not like, that I don't like love Hendrix's second album is probably one of my favorite yeah. albums of all time. Yeah. Man, Axis Boulder's Love is a masterpiece. Uh, I maybe it's a really bad. But thing I don't hate blues. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a really bad thing to admit to. But I actually think that Hendrix compilation called Blues that came out or oh, must be twenty years ago. I now, vaguely remember that. I actually thought that was a really cool set of tunes. Yeah. You know, and like and you know, fuck, there are far too many Hendrix releases. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And and uh, you know, that anyone who's got more than half a dozen Hendrix albums in their collection has gone too far, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that blues one, had it sort of had something about it. It had a nice flavour to he it. He could, could play, good man. Tunes I have it. no doubt that if yeah. he was, if he got put in front of a blues band playing a blues tune and he wasn't singing, um, yeah. he would have he would have done really well. Yeah. But yeah. he didn't really ever play in a blues band. Yeah. From my from what I know about him, you know. So the, the, this is this is related, but the other sort of question. Um, was, but I love Hendrix. Yeah. Oh well, man, he's great. I mean, you know, at his best, he's yeah. amazing. At his worst, he's just dire. And still, kind Brilliant. of car crashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like kind of fascinating to yes, watch some exactly. of those performances. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, I, and and when yeah. I was fifteen or sixteen, I had all the live records. Yeah. I, was ne- I learned to play a lot of yeah. stuff from that. But then I realised that it could be done so much more economically. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. me, that was like this kind of the beauty of music for me is in its economy and less is more thing, rather than. The free thing. I'm just he's, not that kind of a player. He's interesting too. Like I think about with time, he's, uh, you know, I sort of, God, long periods go by. I was obsessed with Hendrix for a brief period and then yeah. long periods go by where I just don't listen to anything at all by him and then every now and then I dig something out and I kind of, I recapture instantly that, that what we were talking about before, that yeah. buzz of hearing it for the first time. Band you know, of like, Gypsies for me is like the first time that I heard him where I thought, wow, this yeah. could be, he could be something different. Yeah. He could, like, with a disciplined band behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could actually work. Because yeah. for me, everything just got too... Well, blah, 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 what I was going to say was... Rolls what I was going to say was, because he became a pop star quite yeah. quickly, and the whole sort of psychedelic... Super quickly, yeah. The whole kind of psychedelic thing going on, birth yeah. of heavy metal, all that stuff. He, you know, whatever his kind of pedigree was as a rhythm and blues player and as a guy, as a guy who did dig some blues influences... Yeah. It was ruined by the, the sheer amount of smoke being blown up his ass. Well, yeah, exactly, and, and all and, the and, chemicals and the and the, and the drugs yeah, and those that he took. But you know, like you can actually see that in the footage. Of well, him imagine, where imagine he goes from acknowledging that stuff yeah. to not even being. If he grew up in the eighties, what would have what would he have been? He still yeah. would have been a musician, probably. But what what exactly? Yeah. How time and place changes what people do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so the other question was uh, around the idea of players coming through that are, I guess, uh, great ambassadors or people to watch out for in the blues scene internationally. And in fact, in fact, the, the question was around the idea that one of the real kind of last surviving dudes from that school is probably Buddy Guy. 
Yeah. And that, you know, who who's coming through that's well, going to... Well, if you to... want to see the next Buddy Guy, you never will. No. In fact, even Buddy Guy isn't the next yeah, Buddy yeah, Guy yeah, anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. He hasn't yeah, been you had an years. experience with seeing him, didn't you, a couple of years ago? I saw him in ago. Chicago at his club and he was awful. Was it? It was bad, man. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was bad enough to walk out after the first set. Wow. You know, and we saw... Um, so it was worse, I was going to say, was it a bit bittersweet like my BB King experience, but it doesn't sound... No, it was even, worse, bro. Like was he worse. was, he just wasn't there. And and Larry Bell, who was on before him, was amazing. Mm. Understated, beautiful, Otis mm. Rush-like. Mm. Everything Chicago Blues used to be. Mm. And then he came on and did a shtick, and it was kind of bees in a can tone. It just was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's like some people Glassy just... Glassy and... Yeah, yeah. horrid. Yeah. And he wasn't singing well. He, was, he had the flu. He shouldn't have even been playing. Yeah. You know, but he was like, and people were, the crowd was the worst thing. It was all white, mm. all, and the guys around me were like farmers from Utah in town mm. for the night mm. asking him to play bloody Frank, Frank Zappa songs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, wow. it was like, Jesus, man, you come to a buddy <laughs> guy gig and ask for Frank Zappa all night. Yeah. And they weren't shutting up about it. It was coming wow. all over. Play some Hendrix, play some Zappa. Like, yeah. oh, man. You know, wow. put all that shit down and play, get your 335 out and play yeah. what you used to play. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, that's kind of looking back, I suppose. But, yeah, I mean, who's coming through? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening in, in out west in, in um, California. Like, well, you know, um, Kit Anderson yep. um, is a phenomenal. That's all very much jump blues, what they're doing mm, there. But mm. he can do anything. He's got his own home studio. I dream about having a setup like his. Yeah. Um, you know, Hammonds, Leslie's, yeah. the whole nine yards. Um, and he's producing really analog sounding records with digital stuff like mm, this. Mm. We should make sure we're still recording. Mm. Um, and he's doing soul records with you know just obscure guys. He's mm. actually really creating more than just being the guitar player mm. for um, Little Charlie. Oh, not Little Charlie. What am I talking about? Rick Estrin. Mm, mm. He's really kind of created a vibe there. There's this a programmer uh, who moved to the LA from India called Aki Kumar, who's mm-hmm. a phenomenal little Walter-style harmonica yeah, player. Yeah. These guys are probably not going to be on the radar yeah, for a little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Namath. But, but, but to people that are, yeah. you know, care about yeah, this Yeah, yeah. John stuff, Namath is, a, is great. He's kind of, yeah. He does kind of soul blues and, and, and really, where, really you know, nice. But, but this, that's what I'm thinking about, and, and, and you would know this well, this is like we were going on before about the whole thrill of waiting to find things. This is where the age we live in is pretty amazing, where someone, oh, yeah. someone can throw names at you and you kind of... Re- rewinding to write it down and then the next minute you've got well, not some version that, of their music in front of that, you. Not just that, bro, but I'm, I'm communicating with these guys, them. you know? No, but I mean someone listening to you yeah. talking about this now, they can rewind and... Oh, yeah, and totally. ...pause and get the name and go and... Yeah. And yeah, and you're communicating with it's them. It's great, yeah. man. I really do love that about the technology. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love the technology, period. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I wish I had it 20 years ago. Yeah. So that I didn't have to spend th- tens of thousands of dollars in studios. But it would have all cost... Yeah, the, the gear would have. Amount, yeah, and it you know, did. It was a who, who had a home studio then? Well, you know, I had like, my four track, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thing. I still sometimes wish I had it. But yeah. So yeah, as far as I want to get back to that yeah, New Zealand yeah, blue scene yeah, question. Yeah. Um, apart from kind of bagging the clubs, I don't mean to bag the people in them. I just think the idea of clubs yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Is, is kind of sad. Yeah. You know, and even though I played the Wellington Blues Club a number of times, yeah. I just think it's it's kind of. Redundant if there's a well, hap- if there's whole, a happening scene. Is anyway. that whole boxing around the blues that's like you know I think you've you've sort of said this before like the the sort of best and worst thing that 
happens to you as being referred to as a blues artist. It's, yeah. It's a blessing and Much as really, I love the music. Exactly. I've, I've always been on either side of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it informs a huge part of what I do, and I can sit down and play you a Robert Johnson song yeah. or a Skip James song or whatever. Yeah. But I'm doing my thing too. Yeah. You know? yeah and I think yeah. more and more that's kind of what's happening with the music, and we need to kind of get away from kind of revering you know, especially revering the British stuff so much and the classic yeah, rock, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like... Well, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of not sure that it is revered as much now, is it? No, I no, mean, it's kind of revered it, by the people in the club zone, that's what bothers it, me, right. very much so. It's that people, and we're talking people who are generally probably the next generation up from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the music they were into when they were teenagers. Yeah, so yeah. Talking so now they the think late about, 60s, now early 70s. they think 70s. they're doing their version of it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so that's kind of nice. In a, oh, it's in cool. A, I'm glad a, people have a hobby, but I just don't think the world should have to listen to most of it yeah because yeah. most of it you know i'm gonna play you know here i'm gonna play hideaway by eric clapton yeah well yeah i'm gonna do the mona lisa by andy warhol yeah you know? yeah yeah i mean yeah. come on yeah, yeah. credit yeah. where it's due i really really care about people getting credit yeah i've got this kind of ridiculous kind of irish sense of justice you know yeah and i hate the thought that somebody else is getting credit for someone else's work yeah i had this conversation with someone who was really hot on that a while ago which i completely agreed with that you know, you should never... It's fine to slip a cover into a set yeah. without saying anything, but at the end, you need... You know, if you're not going to introduce it, you need to acknowledge it afterwards because um, she described a, a band, and, and I would name them if I could remember them. Yeah, I'm not ashamed about that, but I, uh, the name escapes me. But a local band who played something, and they were kind of riding on a groove, and people were obviously digging it, so they... You know they did the yeah. they did the right thing and they, they they carried it on, and they played the song, and then as the song evolved, it was very obviously a cover and then they kind of took a bow at the end that was a really self-congratulatory you know we could have written that (laughs) and because we feel we could have written that we're not going to tell you who did oh dear and she sort of was faced with the idea of wanting to scream out you know (laughs) thieves yeah fuck you that's blah 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 well i saw i saw somebody this on the same token i saw and i didn't say anything because i was a young guy and i should have because i didn't have any balls when i was young Uh, a a comedian a stand-up comedian in wellington this is a long time ago. I'm talking mid-80s, late-80s, mm. maybe mm. late-80s. Get up on a stage, and he was pretty much doing Robin Williams live at the Met wow. and taking credit yeah. for it. And it was just... Which was one of those performances that was like, you know, I imagine comedians at the time couldn't help but be influenced by it. Yeah, but it was like, one of those it was like note-for-note covers, wow. so to speak. Wow. And that's how I feel about so like the Dennis Leary Bill Hicks thing yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, wow. um, so yeah that and that really that kind of thing really bothers me I yeah. mean you always give credit and even even if you do something that's like something I mm. reckon you should credit mm. the people you know like in in my uh, in St Hilda's I do a slow blues which is very reminiscent of a BB King song in the middle of it I say thank you BB yeah yeah it's like, exactly it's like well. Yeah, man, thanks. Yeah, yeah, you know, because this hat. none of this shit would be happening without you. You know, yeah, yeah. and 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 the, I think unfortunately that probably deals that kind of reverence, so to speak, comes more out of probably the jazz blues side of things than the yeah. rock and roll side yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which has always been a little more kind of well, the, fuck you, I'm doing this, and I don't care where I'm. The I rock and roll from. thing is about being a star. The jazz blues thing yeah, is yeah. about being an entertainer yeah. and a musician. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? although I, I don't know, maybe not rock, always, Maybe rock's going to go that way too because yeah. you know. It's let's face it, it's not new. Well, <laughs> it's no newer than blues, really. I yeah. mean, yeah. So, what keeps you doing this? What, what? Jesus, I don't know, man. The lack of <laughs> knowing what else. To yeah, do. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's teach- my answer when people yeah, ask me. The but... teaching, the teaching has really helped. Yep. Uh, some some weeks I just don't want to know about it because yeah. it pisses me off, and some yeah. weeks I love it. But 
You mean the teachings help? It's obviously helped financially. It gives you. Oh, thing, it gives but me. Do you mean yeah, philosophically? But I mean, yeah, like philosophically. Spiritually. Yeah, because yeah. actually, I'm dealing with people face to face. I'm not just locked away in a fucking room like a yeah. lot of musicians now. Yeah, we yeah. end up just riding away. Yeah, well, that's the, da- that's the kind of potential yeah, damage exactly. of this sort of setup too, yeah. isn't it? Is and that, so you've got the gigging, and you've got yeah. people coming in the door, yeah. giving you a taste of their reality. You're you're you know? seeing the obvious sort of impact of yeah, what you and can you're offer, seeing, and you're seeing yeah. yourself through someone else's eyes yeah. every day. Yeah, and and they're all different. Yeah, and it's like everyone sees you as somebody different, and yeah. it's like, and they're all right as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It actually makes you f- like deal with yourself much better. Um, I did some sports coaching like way back you know in the day and 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 any kind of teaching coaching it's pretty amazing to see how quickly someone can pick up something that you you know hoped they'd get and you maybe didn't you maybe didn't even communicate it that well if you you stop and think about it but so then when you actually hone your technique which you've clearly done as a teacher now yeah well i still get i mean you're still challenged every day and you're still working out new ways to yeah yeah yeah, and all of that but you've that's what makes you've got it down like you can yeah yeah yeah. i can i know there are certain ways that you can show people to do something that 90% 90% of people are going to get it. Yeah. The light's going to go on. And that's the best moment, man. Have you had people you've had to... Um, I've had a couple of people out, through... You've had to, or you've yeah, just, they're just, not going to get I'm not it. Gonna, just, I'm not going to just take their money if they can't. Because they can't do it. Yeah, no, I just won't. But is there a sense that they're not really doing the work? Or they there's are a couple, and they... There's yeah. a couple who yeah. probably aren't, but there's a couple who, who really aren't and still getting better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which are the great... Yeah. Those like, And I keep always saying to those, like, man, <laughs> if you actually practiced a bit more, yeah, you'd yeah, be yeah. really good, Yeah, yeah. And then there's... You know, some there's very rarely someone who just can't do it. Yeah, and yeah. and unfortunately, a lot of those people have bought a shitload of gear. Yeah, yeah. You know, trying yeah. to compensate for the yeah. fact that they can't do it. Yeah, and I and I'm I'm not brutal about it, but I gently just try and say, look, it's just, do you want to think about? Don't pay me. Um, I don't think this is the right thing for you. you so what are, what but how do you say? You feel like you're yeah. sitting in judgment. It's a horrible thing, but in the long run, I think it's better f- for them. To get yeah. it honest, because honesty about that kind of shit is people don't. Yeah, that's why we get all those bad singers on talent yeah, shows, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, Nobody yeah. tells the truth. No, well, that's it, and that's what I say. Like people, that you, some of them have probably got their own home studios set up and they're yeah. singing their shitty voice. And that's their cool if they enjoy it. If they enjoy yeah, it, exactly. and that's all they want, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's when they aspire to other things and people don't tell them that you're going to get hurt. Yeah, that's that's kind of ugly. So what is the kind of person that wants to get into playing the guitar now need? Like if they're going to, if someone's a beginner, yeah, and they uh, want to get some lessons. What are the? Uh, I know, this is not. A, I'm asking for yeah. a friend thing, but yeah. I, you know, I'm just. I'm. 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 I'm, really sorry, I'm, I'm looking at the guitars here, and I'm going. What do people need? They need. They need a guitar. Just that's a, all they a, need. A playable guitar. I mean, they're cheaper than they've ever been. Yeah, two, three hundred bucks gets you a really good yeah. instrument these days. And then they need some lessons. And yeah, I think so. I think you can probably, if you've got a fair amount of. Depends on the person. It really yeah, yeah, does. Some yeah. people are so self-motivated. This question's a bit like, how do you write a song? Of yeah, course. yeah. Some, I, some I, people I are so that. self-motivated like I was. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't all just I want to get laid and a guitar looks good. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I don't think that would motivate you for a kind of 10 hours a day practice, which yeah. is, you know, what you really need to do as a kid if you're really yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, to get... You know, to get good quick. Mm. Um, but you just need a guitar and, and a will to want to play the damn thing, mm. you know, mm. and a half a decent ear. It's and it's the easiest instrument in the world to learn. It yeah. really is, because in a in a in a um, lesson sense, so much much of it must just come from kind of mimicking. Like oh, that's the best way to teach music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. I was going to say most you know, instruments learn there's... to play and then learn to read. Yeah, you know the reading. The thing is, if you force, I'm just thinking like reading, wind instruments and stuff. There's obviously yeah. like you know lip techniques and stuff. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, and so forth that that. 
you know, you know, obviously the same is true with guitar in terms of, you know. Well, fingers, te- Yeah, teaching people how to do it. Yeah. But it, it just seems like a more, we have an idea that because it, it just requires yeah. our hands to hold the instrument and move. But the guitar's got this romantic thing attached to it that those other instruments never will have. That's it. And so we you see know, it so Maybe drums would yeah. be the only other one. Yeah. Because all those other instruments, you don't have kind of rock star video games for saxophone no, people look cool clarinet, playing, do you? People look cool you know? playing the, the drums and the <laughs> yeah, guitar. That's exactly, so And we see it a lot. Yeah. You know. so, you, so the big things are microphones, karaoke, yeah. Yeah. You know, guitar games, yeah, and, yeah. and drum games. Yeah, so yeah. those are the cool things. And, and they probably will be for a while. Yeah. I always felt sorry for I still do keyboardists because they never look cool never. <laughs> like they, they sound cool there are some piano I've players I've played and with a lot of a lot of musicians uh, keyboardists and they are a breed not generally. many not many of them look cool and the ones that used to be in the Dr. John looks pretty fucking he cool he looks cool <laughs> yeah, totally especially I mean that version of Such a Night on the last waltz to get back to that is yeah, yeah, just brilliant yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the say, band feel really actually uh, sits beautiful it's such yep. a short thing yeah but it's like he gets on he does his cool stick and he yeah. gets off yeah that's great but anyway um, that's right Al, Al Norman um, can even make an accordion look cool yeah well, that's true so yes I'm sure that thing's got him laid on numerous <laughs> occasions <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just remember in the in the, in the late 80s, early 90s when keyboardists were, again, yeah, more of a yeah. thing and rock bands and the whole sort of seeds of new metal, Faith No More, what they are about and that, the keyboardists always look like a fucking idiot, you know, yeah. no matter how they sounded, they just, that, it was terrible when they tried to make them a feature and they stand at the front. With the keyboard. One hand, or, or even just one hand on the keyboard, yeah, the other, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of looking over their shoulder. The thing is though, man, uh, you scratch any musician who's kind of worth anything, they'll play a little bit of keyboards. It's, I was going to say, it's the... The imp- the perfect important instrument. I to even get to use know, it to teach it? people like yeah. the basics of scales and stuff, rather than yeah. the guitar, because you can actually see it laid out in front of yeah. you. Yeah. And if you can visualize something, sometimes you can actually. Yeah. Again, this is all you can cuddle a shit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Way too arcane. <laughs> so I guess we need to do a little bit of talking about dates and stuff. Yeah, do we, yeah, or? yeah. I was going to say, well, let's get into um, the promo, the, part. the promo part, <laughs> the tour, what's happening. Yep. Where are you going? When's yep, it starting? Yep. We uh, might have started by the time people hear this, but we. Yeah, I don't us. know when this is going to air. Yeah, but, yeah. but we start in Paikakariki on the twenty sixth of June. That's yep. a Friday. Then we've got a amazing uh, sold out gig in New Plymouth on the twenty seventh. On the twenty seventh. Uh, yeah, that's the twenty seventh. Comes after the twenty sixth. Yeah. And then we come down and play Palmerston at the Cafe Royale on the twenty eighth. That's a mm, Sunday. Good venue. Yep, great gig. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Uh, and good food too, apparently, mm. which I'm looking for. Mm. Uh, and then we have a couple of days off, and then we head up to Hamilton on Thursday, the second yep. of July, and play the Navarra Lounge. And then we're playing in Mount Monganui on the third of July, mm. Gisborne on the fourth of July, Hastings. Have you done, have you seen the Common Room? You've been in there? No. Oh, yeah. Where is it? It's, I'm not sure. It's apparently yeah, a cool little bar. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been in, but I've seen neither the sign have I. For but we're it. going yeah, in yeah. to play there yeah, on, cool. the, on the fifth. Yep. Uh, then we come back. Then we play Wellington at the Rogan Vagabond mm-hmm. on the ninth. Mm. Then Nelson on the tenth at the Playhouse. Have you played the Rogue before? Uh, once with a band. Yeah. yeah. This will cool. be different. It'll be yeah. more of a kind of a yeah, yeah, quiet yeah. vibe, and people are yeah. paying to get in, so they'll be yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, <laughs> there for a reason. Rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it should be a fun night, and yeah. we've got um, Matt Hay and Clint Meacher That's opening right. for us as well yeah, for yeah, that cool. one. Which would be great. Yep. Uh, then with Nelson again on the Friday. Then we play the Wunderbar. The Wunderbar. Yep. Uh, in Littleton on the eleventh, and then we have got a house concert in Wanaka on the in that week somewhere, yep. uh, and then we play the sixteenth at Kerry's Bay Hotel in Dunedin, seventeenth mm. at Taste Merchants in Dunedin. So two gigs in Dunedin. Yeah, nice. But we did that last time and it went off really well. 
Well, um, Mets. It's Matt's hometown, it's a, yeah, you know. It's but but, but it's, it's a bit like you doing two gigs in Wellington, yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah, right? but, you know, it's, um, yeah. they're diff- no, very cool. different parts that's of town. Cool. It's yeah. kind of like the hut in Wellington, really. Yeah. That well, you're doing apart. that here kind of with the Pycock and yeah, yeah. Wellington yeah, show. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then we're playing Invergiggle, yep. uh, Invercargill on, yep. the, on the 18th, and that's it. And then we, me and Delia will drive back uh, the long drive. Wow. <laughs> wow, will you still be talking? Yep. Yep. Yeah, Delia is playing drums and yeah, yeah, about yeah. four yeah. or five tunes of yeah. the show. Yeah, and uh, and driving us around and doing the door, and she's yeah. been amazing. Yeah, so um, it's going to be great, man. I mean, I, it's always a big big ask getting out on the road for that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of it's broken up a little bit, so I can actually teach on the days off. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, what do you, does everything stop? But well, that way it kind of helps me um, actually not necessarily lose my shirt if we don't. Yeah, but it's still expensive, you know. Yeah. I mean, we spent. Just getting across on the ferry. Yeah. Like they wouldn't let us do the yeah. play for our thing. So yeah. we're kind of, that's bloody expensive. And, you yeah. know, posters are yeah. not cheap. Yeah. Although Phantom, I've got to give a plug to them. They've been yep. amazing. Yeah. Gave us a great price. But, you know. And they'll get your work seen, you know. Like yeah, the, yeah, totally. So yeah. so I'm really, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm shitting my pants and the usual kind of neurotic musician stuff that you probably hear about all the time. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's a big tour. It's a big. It is. and uh, But, you know, there's three of us on the road. Many hands make light work. It's, the show's really interesting. Yeah. Like, I know... So how's the show going to go? Well, it's, literally, it well gonna... it's literally Matt doing a solo set, but I'm going to pop up for a couple during yep. it and yep. help play some slides yep. and some stuff for him. And then I'll do my set, and he'll get up and play for a couple during yep. that. And then towards the end, I'll get the electric out and get Delia up, and we'll do some more rocky stuff. Yeah. And if we get encores, that's the old... Yes, yeah, yeah. you know how yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we've got a couple of tunes up our sleeves together. Just so together. it'll yeah. be a, it's, it's a fun night, and I think there's enough kind of... Even in my set now, there's enough variety, so it's not all just bomb. So I saw you say on Facebook that you, 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 when you were setting up the tour a while ago, you said something about, um, uh, would we, uh, is it possible I might, you know, whether I'd do a smoke shop song and stuff? Yeah. Has anything made it into the set? Thought about. Still thinking about that? Thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got something maybe up my sleeve on that. Yeah. Up my sleeve, so to speak. Yeah. Um, And, and, And where are you taking your material from? Solo albums? From the new one, from right through, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know. Anything the, new, new, I mean, obviously the new single. Yeah, the new single. Yeah. And that sounds great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, we don't have a bass player, but just the, just the it works yeah. with Delia yeah. playing the kit and me, yeah. you know, the maraca and the tom yeah. and stuff. It's kind yeah. of, it's written to be played as a That's duo. That's right, duo, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just added the basses and afterthought. Yeah, when I saw thing, the so. video, I thought, like, oh, cool, it's kind of bluesy Jonathan Richmond, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. really nice. I kind of thought it sounded a little bit like Little Village when I was finished. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. A band that not many people maybe know of, but yeah. well, your listeners probably do. I've, yeah, I've still, I still, I still pull that. It's one of the few CDs. There's actually not that I, many great songs on it, but as no, a record, it's really it's cool. good. Yeah, I'd love to uh, find the LP one day. I've got um, one of the few CDs I still kind of refer to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, you're going to play us out with something, maybe? Can we do that? We could. I just need to get my guitar yeah, out of the case, yeah. though. That boy's got everything I thought I wanted when I was 21 He got guys hanging on his He ain't 
Oh, oh, oh. 